Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of The C Report. I'm your host, Mr. C, as always, and I think you all... My collar's a little crooked. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and I thank you all. Oh, it's like the slightest things distract me. I can't even get through an introduction. Welcome back to another episode of The C Report. I'm your host, Mr. C, coming to you live on this Wednesday, July 28th, 2000. 21. I welcome you all to the show for tonight. Uh, already having uh, some fun chat over in the Foxhole fam. How you doing, uh, Miss Just V? Now, I do hope, Miss Just V, you get to feeling better. California needs you, hun. <laughs> California needs you. But uh, thank you all for joining us. We got Just V, Texas Gal, Derailing, Tam Growl just popped into the chat room. Hope you, gr- uh, hope you cats are having a great Wednesday. I hope you're having a great week, for sure, for sure. Uh, there's uh, never, there's never a lack of work for the patriots out there, and uh, it's always encouraging to hear so many of the friends engaged. Hey, Aurelius Locke, how you doing? I see that uh, you've been beaten out of your number one spot streak. <laughs> just V is going to get it. I'm telling you, Just V is going to get it. <laughs> She is a constant companion here at the Sea Report, just as you all are. And as you guys know, we love our Sea repeat offenders here. We absolutely appreciate you guys. I absolutely appreciate you guys coming in for the live show, adding that dynamic and that comfy feeling over in the chat room. Now, I say comfy feeling. I can I can immediately say because it's like over the last uh, couple of episodes, we've had a series of first time chatters coming out to say hello, which is great. Now, whether or not uh, uh, any of uh, any of our friends were lurking before that, you know, it doesn't matter to me because if you ask me, the spirit's always there, but it's always great when they come out and say hello. And uh, then, you know, I mean, I can always depend on the friends in the chat room to, uh, you know, make them feel nice. And we know it's a welcoming feeling here at the Sea Report and in the Sea Chats. And that's what I really love about you guys. Uh, it's all about that hospitality. Is Texas rubbing off on you guys or no? Nah, I don't think it's Texas. I think it's just the size of your hearts that are doing it over there. So I really appreciate that. And no one is ever, no one is ever unwelcome in the sea chats. And I just, you know, I mean, like I said, for the sea reports, I, I look at the chats, we do the chat recap and I just, it always, it doesn't astonish me because, you know, I, I remember I used to say back in the day, uh, you know, and I'm talking about like real world secular stuff, like, you know, at the nine to five, the 40 hour grind, uh, you know, even just being out on the streets, you know, like uh, kindness is a commodity that uh, is in is uh, is in, uh, in a necessity. It seems to be a, a little a little short on supply sometimes. But uh, I quickly found out whenever I got onto the foxhole, uh, God bless uh, the mats and (laughs) methods for allowing me on here. Um, I quickly found out that uh, not in the foxhole fam. Kindness is definitely not in short supply in the foxhole fam. So you guys are amazing. Y'all are awesome. Definitely, definitely, definitely always feel a warm, fuzzy feeling whenever I'm going through the C report chats. Now the other chats. Now I'm talking about like Mr. C in the dark. Uh, I don't always get to go back and review those because, boy, by the next day, I'm like, uh, (laughs) from staying up so late, you know, uh, because like with the C report, you know, if you guys remember back in the day, we were a one hour show. And then I was like, you know what? We're going to push it to two hours. 
you know, because you know what they say, you know what they say, feedback is the breakfast of champions. And uh, a lot of the feedback was, you should go longer, Mr. C, or, you know, hey, slow it down. Because back in the day, man, I was like, like I was speaking a mile a minute uh, just because I had so much, you know, so much to talk about, so much content to go over. So I really had to kind of speed rush it. So then I got to two hours and, you know, now parked at this uh, this uh, evening slot of 730 Texas time. 5.30 Cali time and uh, was at 8.30 Trump time. I just seem to have a little bit more time to, you know, unwind with you guys, uh, kind of not be so uh, um, a speed, a speed is not be such a speedy Gonzalez with, with my words. And then also sometimes we go into overtime. Like I see us, you know, how many episodes that we've had since I've been at um, 7.30 that we go into like three hours sometimes, but you know, it's just great. It's just good. And then I just love that you all uh, enjoy the show enough to uh, hang around, you know? Uh, I mean, cause you guys could bail at any time. There's always so much going on. So there's a lot going on tonight. You know, if you're over in the Foxhole app, there is a lot going on. So I'm most grateful for everyone that decides to hang out, um, you know, and, and like I say, you guys are always welcome to Fox Hop. It won't hurt my feelings, not at all, uh, because we always have the replay. And, you know, I always know that I will see you guys hanging around again at the old C chats. Uh, the good old, the good old repeat offenders um, just tend to keep on repeating their offense. <laughs> And we're all good for it. But anyways, welcome again. Welcome again to um, the next uh, newest edition of the Sea Report coming to you live. Yes, guys, we come to you live. We are on the Foxhole app on Twitch and on Trovo. As per the use, as per the use, of course, uh, Twitch and Trovo are definitely a hold the light on, hold the door open for those who uh, who may need to hear whatever they need to hear. And, you know, maybe, maybe. Maybe with any luck, what I have to say uh, resonates with them. And then, you know, they can go over to the foxhole because <laughs> that's usually the name of the game uh, with, with such a it's a vital audience. The foxhole is um, they have a there's a vital audience and membership over there. So membership. Hey, hey, you guys are part of something exclusive. All right. So anyways, guys, I hope you guys are having a beautiful Wednesday. Uh, it's already Wednesday and it's already July. It's already the end of the month. Hello, August. Here we come. Hello, August. Here we come. It's already going to be the we're already about to enter into the third quarter, guys, or the fourth quarter. Shoot, we're already in the third quarter. We're about to enter into the fourth quarter. And, you know, I mean, of course, the fourth quarter is still like, you know, at least a good, you know, month or two away. But that's not the point. The point is once we get to the fourth quarter of the year, that's it. 2021 is gone. Could you guys uh, believe that we would have gotten this far in spite of everything that we have experienced in the last year and a half to two years? Right. Like I would say I would say it's a blessing we've gotten this far. And I would say I'm also very grateful very grateful uh, that we're seeing some of the things that we're seeing in spite of all the odds that we're facing, in spite of everything that's happening out there that we don't agree with, we're still in this to the end. And that's why I'm glad you guys are here to share that with me like you guys are tonight. Uh, 
All right. Uh, whoa, man, we're see we're definitely seeing that chat room fill up. Howdy, howdy, everybody. How is it going? Let me go ahead and say hello to some of the other friends. Derailing Texas Gal, just V, Aurelius Locke hanging out. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Also, uh, <laughs> how's it going, Mr. Aurelius? Uh, let's see here. Deborah Erdman, it's good to see you, Miss Deborah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Tam Grell. Oh, yes, I did say hello to you, Miss Tam Grell. I saw you popping into the chat room. Uh, Pilled by the rabbit. Good to, I'm late for a very important date. Oh, he's late. He's late. He's very, very late. No time to say hello. Goodbye. He's late. He's late. He's late. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good, um, uh, Pilled. We know you hanging out. We know you're hanging out. Good to have you along with us. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so let's see what else we got going on. Let's see what else we got going on. Oh, it's it's good to have you. Oh, Slaybell72. Hey, Slaybells. Welcome to the C chat. Glad to have you along with us. I hope you enjoy the show. You know, get to know some of the friends. Say hello. You'll you'll feel right at home. Like I was just saying, first time, first time C chatters. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Slaybell72. Uh, Slay Bells, in case this is your first time in the C-Report, do keep in mind, we're going to do a chat recap in just a second. So you can, you, and I love it because at least we get to kind of like, you know, see what the other friends are thinking. And it's, it's like, it's like laser focus. You know what I mean? See what's on everyone's mind, see what's going on, you know? Uh, and, uh, you know, so it's not so clouded out by everything that I have to share with you guys. Uh, yes. Oh, I try to be dapper. <laughs> well, actually, no, I don't try, but <laughs> I just like to dress up and I <laughs> have all of these coats that were just sitting in my closet. Of course, right now you're seeing like the three or four coat rotation, like, uh, and that's only because, you know, I've, I have packed on some pounds since I started doing this in February and, uh, there, you know, you know, I would be, you would see Mr. C suffocating up on this, <laughs> up on this screen. If, uh, if I were wearing some of my other coats, cause yeah, it's just, it wouldn't be pretty, you know, like my head would like explode. <laughs> You'd see me going like this all the time. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> and I already do that sometimes. So, you know, that's just something else, but I appreciate that derailing. I appreciate that. Uh, let me see who else we got in the chat before we get into yesterday's chat recap. Um, let's see here. Oh, I, oh, hey, what's going on, iRobot61? Welcome, and thank you so much for the cookie. Yes, we will keep on pushing the truth as much as possible. You'll get nothing but truth out of me, I promise you. Like, I, I mean, I say this to people sometimes. I don't say it all the time because people tend to roll their eyes and and just look at you like, you know, you know, you're fake or something like that. But I, I really only speak the truth. <laughs> I mean, I've made it a habit not to lie. And, you know, it's it's been such a habit that uh, it just I just don't do it anymore. Uh, Self-preservation aside, because, you know, I think I think uh, I think self-preservation would be maybe one of the only circumstances that I really find that I lie. But again, I'm not going to say that I never lie. Of course, everyone lies, white lies. But truth in news and truth in current events and truth in what's going on with the country, as long as I have a good resource or a good receipt, you know, um, then I will most definitely tell you that there's no reason to blanket over 
anything that's happening out there in the world or uh, with our with our, you know, especially with our country. And, you know, of course, anyone who's in a position, you know, doing a show or, you know, a live stream or a report or a newscast, um, they are in a very, very, very vital role. And that's not saying I'm not vital. I mean, you can get you can get the information I share with you guys anywhere. Um, but like what I'm saying is it, it is, it is almost their duty, moral duty to tell you the truth, which, and that's in comparison, of course, to people like CNN and Fox and Newsmask. Now, Newsmask, they do still give you stories, but you know, guys, that just, just the way that they went with this whole Dominion thing and still with the election frauds, you know, that there's something else going on there. You know, they have great reporters, you know, like Greg Kelly, he often drops the truth. You know, I appreciate that man. But, uh, but I think they're, uh, they're higher ups, you know, uh, probably have a questionable ethic when it comes to truth in news and politics. And of course, I just do commentary on the headlines as best as I can. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just because I have, I don't know, just because I do, just because it's, it's like what I like to do. I like to do it and I'm very blessed that I'm able to do it. Um, let's see what else we got here. Let's see what else we got here before we get. Just V, thank you for a drink your cookie. <laughs> thank you for the cookie can. I appreciate it, Just V. Oh my goodness. Hey, the Speak Easy. How are you doing this evening, sir? Good to see you in the chat, sir. Oh, and you know, while Speak is in the house, I might just say, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, this Friday, as in the day after tomorrow, as in what the 30th of July, uh, we will be doing an early C report. We will be doing an early C report on Friday. So that will be, we will be airing at uh, broadcasting at 3 p.m. Texas time. Uh, that's 1 p.m. Uh, Cali time and uh, 4 p.m. Uh, Trump time on Friday. So uh, don't look for C report at 7.30. I hope I don't mess up you guys by going on a little bit early, but I have an important dinner date that night. Uh, and uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone's gonna be like, why are you not doing the C report? Because you're going to go have dinner. <laughs> I'm just being honest, guys. Okay, I'm 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 looking forward to Friday very much. So uh, I'll give you more details tomorrow. Okay, I'll give you more details tomorrow, and then I'll definitely give you details during Mr. C in the Dark. Mr. C in the Dark will be on at midnight Texas time um, on Friday. So Friday we'll be doing the C report at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and then we'll be doing uh we'll be doing uh Mr. C in the Dark that night uh with special guests the speak uneasy um on uh, uh friday night at midnight or saturday morning if you want to call if you want to get technical saturday morning so it'll be uh the speak and easy will definitely be joining me on friday night at midnight on mr seeing the dark i'm looking forward i always love my conversations with speak he's always got some insightful things to say uh, let me see here. Uh, Deborah Erdman, thank you for the Oreo. I most definitely appreciate that. Uh, and let's see here. Da, 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 da. I think we're okay there. Uh, I told you guys I was going to stop doing that. Okay. Like my head banishing off the screen. Tracy PCB, welcome to the Mr. C chats. Good to see you in the house. Welcome, welcome. Sit back a spell. Say hello. Uh, I'm sure the friends will make you feel right at home. 
And uh, just, I love the hospitality of my C repeat offenders. Like you guys are amazing, amazing, amazing. I think we're okay there. Okay, sorry about that guys. Okay, I just switched over so this way my head would not be <laughs> disappearing. Uh, okay, right, we're gonna get into the chat recap, but I just wanna catch it. Connie, catch up, how you doing? Nick Walls, what's going on, Mr. Nick? Uh, hope you guys are having a great afternoon. One Eagle Five, Sherry Pittsburgh. Oh man, all my faves are in the house, including a non one two five zero nine nine one. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What did one two nine five zero nine nine one say? I just included you as one of my faves, just so you know. <laughs> I hope that's okay. He's like, man, you try hard, Mister C. I don't even know who you is. Uh, let's see her, or maybe you do. I don't know. You're anonymous. Who could say, right? Uh, let's see here. Uh, let me see here. Let me see here. Oh, you guys, I just, how about we just skip the news and chat all night long? Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what you guys are here for. You guys are here. Ooh, what's this? Just saw on Telegram, it's with a video of Assange. The bottom says they are going to make it an act of terrorism to expose government crimes. Oh, are we at a new level of fascism and communism? A new level of the boot in the face. Wow. That's interesting. I'll have to look that one up most definitely uh, to see what's going on with that. That's not bueno uh, by any means, Connie Ketchup. So, yeah. And that doesn't surprise me. We're at that point, right? We're at that point of uh, of uh, destroying sovereignty and, and liberties that they're going to start doing that stuff to us, uh, that they're going to declare it. They're going to de declare a crime to speak against your government? Really? Really? Okay. Uh, can, uh, spelling America with a K, are we? Spelling America with a K. Goodness, that's not bueno. Connie Ketchup, thank you for that update. And I'm, I will definitely dig into that. Sherry Pittsburgh, how's it going? I, I might have said hello twice. <laughs> Mitridate. Hey, Mitridate. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good to see you back in the chats. Mitridate says, Mr. C, you are not wearing your mask indoors. Well, Mitridate, I have not been wearing my mask for quite some time. Um, and not even pretending to wear my mask. I won't even wear it around my chin in public and hope that people fall for it because guess what? It's all about integrity here at the C Report. And uh, we're going to keep on doing that. So, yeah. We don't need to fake people out over here. You know what I mean, Mr. Mitridate? I think you know what I mean. CDC is a tat, a smaller bra size than the DDD. I don't know about that, Mitridate. <laughs> oh, so Anon1250991 said from the off-grid cabin near Canada, Mr. C, hope you gave a smooth show. Uh, well, it should be smooth unless you know something I don't know, Mr. Anon1250991. But welcome from near Canada. That means you're up towards the great white north. No racism intended, right? No racism, racism intended. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get into yesterday's chat recap. We had a fun day yesterday over at the Sea Report, as I gather. Uh, we had Aurelius Locke, Texas gal in the house. Uh, now, oh, Texas gal. Speaking of Texas gal, had passed over a, um, let me see if I can get this open real quick had passed over, and I do apologize, guys. I'm terrible at correspondence, but I get there. I get there. Let me just do that real quick. She had uh, talked about um, mining coal and gold, murders, corruption, takeover. I'm going into this raw now. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. 
Oh, wow. Boy, is my inbox full. <laughs> You'll probably be like, what? Okay. Oh, okay, 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 cool, cool, cool. All right, I see that's that one. All right, there we go. There we go. Mining info. Okay, so ooh, let's see what this is. Here's the link. I'm gonna pull this one open real quick. Now, uh, um, if this is anything to do with the same thing, Texas gal, I, I recently saw um, a report that there were a whole bunch of miners that went to New York City. And they were held up at BlackRock, I think is the name of the corporation, and they were protesting them over there. So I thought that that was quite interesting. I didn't get to look too much into it. Uh, but this is here, a mine rescue equipment, equipping emergency respondents. Uh, that's a journal. Ooh, did you hear that? Did you hear that page turn? <laughs> I should show you guys what I'm looking at. Hold on. Uh, page 26. All right. Let's go on over to page 26. Now, I apologize. I didn't get to see this before the show. Okay. So let's see here. Ooh. Okay. All right. Texas gal, just so you know, I got the I got the email. I'll respond promptly. Just ask, ask some of the other peeps in the chat. Uh, <laughs> I'll get back to you. I promise you. And then uh, we'll we'll take a look at this um, and we'll see what is going on. Um, this journal's murder. Just can't find it right now. Yeah, that's that's 100 pages, sweetie. That's 100 pages. OK, cool. We'll look into that. Uh, and thank you for passing that along. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah I should do like an on air. I should do like an on air response. Right. <laughs> I bet you would like that. Thank you, Texas Gal, for sending the information over. I'm glad you found the communication line there. So almost definitely, I will take a look at that and see what is going on. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was BlackRock. It was BlackRock. Um, BlackRock, I saw uh, there, was a, there was a pretty massive protest in New York City today where hundreds of miners were protesting BlackRock. I saw that today probably about an hour before I went on the air. And then, of course, because my synapses are all fried uh, from uh, from my youth, uh, I didn't think to go look. And I said to myself today, I was like, Mr. C, don't forget to go and look at your email today. And I forgot. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But thank you for passing that info along. I appreciate it when you guys give me some uh, give me some uh, good info, some good juice, some good stories to talk about, uh, because, of course, uh, when we're, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about infrastructure and we're talking about jobs and we're talking about our economy, uh, the Dems are all about destroying it. So we will see what is up with that. And I appreciate that again, Miss Texas Gal. Tam Grell is also in the house. Palmer 1951 in Hanging Out. The Speaking Easy Joy for Trump. Gift in a can. Have a drink on the bartender. Thank you so much, Speaking Easy. The Texan was hanging out. Grafted in. Death Blossom 17. Casual GG. K.H. Farmer, looking dapper slick. I appreciate that again. And uh, K.H. gifting some shades. Joy for Trump gifting a cookie. Looking up. Also hanging out. Service dog mom. Good to see you. And then the mother of all bombs happened. I received my first EMP and the entire show went down. No, just kidding. Because, you know, an EMP is an electromagnetic pulse. Um, K.H. Farmer gifted an EMP to uh, the show. Uh, again, with many thanks, uh, K.H. Farmer. 
is most definitely appreciated. I never thought, I never thought that kind of thing could happen here. Uh, but thank you again, sir. I most definitely appreciate that. Um, Joy for Trump, you're looking fine tonight. Thank you again, Joy for Trump. Billy Q hanging out. Aurelius Locke says, wow, a cage farmer. Great support of Mr. C. Thank you. So yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, that will all, of course, go back into the show, uh, you know, so I can get into the bunker. <laughs> I'm still working on getting into the bunker, guys. I mean, I've already put the feelers out. The boss already knows what's up. Um, but we're just waiting to see uh, if we can move forward on that. And then maybe even expand the show, um, you know, maybe even expand the show, um, because, you know, uh, you know, as far as like the foxhole is always going to be number one. Uh, I mean, as far as I can see, as far as my eyes can see, the foxhole is always going to be the home of the sea report. Uh, but everything else is to get just to get the news out, the message out, just to get the information out is basically what I'm thinking. So, you know, when we're talking about Twitch, we're talking about Trovo. Um, I won't mess with YouTube. I just, I don't even bother with YouTube anymore. Like why even, it's not even worth it to say, hey, we're going live in five minutes. It's not worth it. Uh, I don't even see why we should play with individuals like that anymore. They clearly have no appreciation and they clearly hate America. No point. There's no point whatsoever. I say, why even give them the content? Why even give them the chance to, uh, you know, silence you. Uh, why give them that gratification? Why give them that energy? Why give them that power? Twitch, I mean, a Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Like, I don't even mess with it as far as broadcasting the C-Report. But, you know, now like getting on other places like Rockfin, who I'm currently actually talking with right now, uh, thanks to Loyal to the Foil, uh, possibly getting on Rockfin, uh, going on Rumble, going on Clout Hub. I actually just made a Clout Hub um, uh, account, uh, cause I, I was never on, you know, that. And then of course there's a whole bunch of other platforms. So, you know, um, I will definitely gear up any, uh, any support that you guys lend over to the C report into spreading the word. And then, you know, as all of the new Patriots come in for all the new platforms, we'll get them over to the foxhole because I know you guys will take care of them and, uh, you will show them, uh, you will show them the community that they have been lacking for so long, you know, so, and uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, uh, where else are we at? Uh, grafted in. Yes. An awesome body. Oh, thank you. Grafted in an awesome body of work. I appreciate that. We've been on the air since February 2nd, 2021. Been doing this every day since February 2nd, 2021. Um, I would say for a fact, if you would like to catch any of the past C reports, then most definitely head over to my um, head over to my uh, podcast side. Now you can't see it because it's a podcast, but you can definitely hear it. We have all our old shows, so you know when I'm talking about we did we did a special episode where we talked the entire episode focused on the uh, the bio level four safety lab in Manhattan, Kansas. We did a show on that. Uh, when we're talking about uh, we did an entire show on the mRNA vaccines or the mRNA gene therapy sessions. We did an entire show on that. We did an entire show on every single piece of election fraud that I could find 
prior to these election audits getting started. And we're talking every headline I could find. We did an entire show on that. So there's a whole, oh, oh don't let's not forget. I mean, we did an entire show on, uh, we did an entire show on the uh, Democrats and the progressives and, you know, how that they're uh, sneaking into our, our uh, legislatures and our other and NGOs and everything. Like we did an entire show on that. Was, that was on the, uh, that was on the uh, Truman National project and the Truman um, security project, national security project. Now it's not President Truman and that's not the true President Truman national security council. That will take you back to what the fifties. No, we're talking about the Truman national security project and TrueCon, which is a convention that these progressive rats put on every year. Right. We did an entire episode on that. So if you head over to anchor.fm slash the C report, you search through all the episodes. I mean, we're at 129 as of today. Uh, those episodes, you'll find more around March and April, stuff like that, you know, in case there's anything that you missed um, or in case there's anything you'd like to know about. Uh, sometimes we're not just about headlines. Sometimes we do special reports on um, on those other types of uh, uh, entities or just things I think are important, you know, uh, but uh, to, to a fact, um, we actually also, I actually also have every episode of the C report currently updated on the anchor podcast. So again, um, if you uh, want to listen to the C report on um, Spotify or on Google podcasts or Apple podcasts, I mean, of course I don't support these guys, but if you have that at your availability, you can find me there and, uh, and you can uh, follow or subscribe. Of course, it's always free. I will never charge you guys for anything. Um, you know, and, and so that's just the way it goes. Uh, some people have asked about merchandise. I just, I never thought about merchandise. I don't know. Uh, I don't really see my face on a shirt, <laughs> so to speak. But if you guys are interested in that, I can look into it. Um, if it's something that y'all would really like. I mean, I know it would help support the show. I know it would help get the word out there about the C report and the work that I do here. So I don't know. Throw some ideas at me. I think Pilled by the Rabbit had a pretty good idea about doing Mr. C ties. That would be cool. Actually, that's something that I would think about. Like, because, you know, I love having tie ties are a very underrated uh, accessory, if you ask me. Um, I don't know about bow ties. Uh, I have bow ties, but I've never worn bow ties. I don't know. Uh, I don't think I would do bow ties. I think this would look weird, right? <laughs> If I had a bow tie on, nah, we'll skip on the ties, but the ties actually, I, I, yeah, I just like to get dressed up and, and stuff like that. So anyways, that was a good idea, Pilled. And I saw that collection of, uh, of Jerry Garcia that you had that you showed. Anyhow. Okay. So let's see what else we got going on here. One, two, three, SKG gifted a can. Christina Fontana was hanging out, weaponized, uh, truth gifted a cookie. Uh, KH farmer said, keep this going. Oh, keeping this going. Prairie Grove, Illinois finds a business for flying American flag. They said it violated a, a temporary sign order. And then, uh, he gives the, uh, phone number to contact Prairie Grove. Okay. So actually guys, I did. Okay. So I did hear about this whole debacle with Par Prairie Grove, right? And, uh, Prairie Grove, uh, it was, uh, G G what was the name of the restaurant? It was, uh, 
get get it started with a G. It's a it sounds like it's a uh, it sounds like it's a what do you call it? A um uh, uh, an Italian restaurant or something like that. Here, let me go and put that up. Um, okay, where to go? Okay, I'm gonna put that on the screen right now because actually, guys, I did go ahead and look that up. Now, I had heard about this earlier in the day. It was one of those headlines that you kind of see. Uh, but since they, uh, since uh, KH Farmer had brought it to the attention, there's actually an update. They actually had a protest out there, um, today. Or no no re, no in a past in the within the past week uh, about that now that headline reads crowd protests after Prairie Grove restaurant is fined for flying American flags out front village says it's about where flags were mounted so yeah this was definitely something where they're they're attacking them now the funny thing is though whenever I'd first seen this article they didn't show where the flags that uh, they were attacking them over were posted, uh, but this is a newscast. So why not just play this for you guys real quick as a quick, um, a quick recap of what was going on over there. Cause it's a shame that uh, they consider a flag, a sign, which is absolutely disgusting. What is it a sign of? It's a sign that you're a patriotic American, if you ask me, but it is not a sign of commerce. It's not a, It's not an ad. It's not a billboard. You know what I mean? So I don't understand what the deal was with this, but apparently the village of Perry, Prairie Grove. Reporting live in Prairie Grove, I'm Meredith Barrett, CBS 2 News. Meredith, thank you. What is going on here? Okay. What is going on here? This has... Did this whole thing play in the dark? <laughs> Giannelli is the name of the restaurant. And I think the other thing about it here is, guys, like, I would say if you're in the Illinois area, go and support Giannelli. I mean, it, it actually looks like they have good food over there, if you ask me. So, okay. Living your life at its fullest means no, staying connected with friends and family. If fullest. you have hearing loss, iTech is... Goodness Lord. Okay. Yeah. So we'll play this real quick update about Gianelli's over in Illinois in case you guys hadn't heard. And I appreciate Cage Farmer throwing that out there and letting you see. Oh, An American flag fiasco restaurant in McHenry County faces fines for flying several outside their business around the 4th of July. That's because the village says the way they were displayed violates numerous ordinances. CBS News Meredith Barrett joins us live in Prairie Grove. Meredith, where are those flags now? Brad, the restaurant manager has put them on this building. They are okay there. But not long ago, the flags were in this spot, a spot the village says they aren't allowed to be. Inside Gianelli's, the kitchen is winding down from the lunch run. Outside, a large crowd gathered alongside Route 176. There's so many other things going on in our world, in our country right now, and we're going to be so petty to find a family-owned business putting our beautiful flag out. They're here to support Terry Troviani, the manager of Gianelli's. I had a straight line of flags running down the road here, about three flags that were up. And they were up for the 4th of July. Troviani says he was fined $200 by the village of Prairie Grove for flying the three foot by five foot flags on the side of the street. 
The tickets say the flags must be displayed on a permanent flagpole or staff, and they must be set back a minimum of 15 feet from the property line. The village says over the course of a month, several members of its staff explained to Troviani that the flags were in violation of the village's sign ordinance that regulates the use of A-frames, feather flags, banners, and the like. They also say it's a violation of state and local municipal code to place anything on the right-of-way of a state highway. The village also sent CBS to these pictures, saying Trobiani is responsible for these tattered and worn flags and duct tape to street signs and lying in the grass. He was not cited for those violations. Village of Prairie Grove President David Underwood telling CBS2, this is not the way to treat the symbol of our freedom. When I asked why can't I fly these flags, why the temporary ban on all these, all these signage, the answer I get, we don't like the way it looks. It brings down the value of the community. It's obstructive, it's obtrusive. Probiani says he believes those are just excuses and his supporters say they will be outside the restaurant with their flags until Probiani can put his back up. I'm not gonna settle until I get my damn flags put back in the grass. Troviani said he was willing to pay that $200 fine, but will now have to face the village in court. The village did send us a three-page press release. We put that on CBSChicago.com. Reporting live in Prairie Grove, I'm Meredith Barrett, CBS2 News. Meredith, thank you. Okay, so very interesting there. Yeah, that's a damn shame. <laughs> hey, it's President Trump. What's going on, my president? Um, yeah, that's a damn shame, of course. Uh, because again, uh, they're citing it as what, uh, being obstructive as being, uh, unpleasant to look at. Like, what the heck are you talking about guys? Anyways, if you're in the Illinois area, why don't you go hop on, hop on over to Ginelli's? If I were to ever go to Illinois and nothing against Illinois guys, but I'd never had a desire to go over there. <laughs> I would go hop in. I wonder what kind of a, I wonder what his menu's like. Take, uh, you know, go ahead and uh, and uh, <laughs> and support the man a little bit. You know what I mean? <clears throat> All right, guys. So thank you again to Cage Farmer for bringing that up. I saw that in the headlines, but it's a damn shame. That is what communism running rampant in the United States of America. Wokeism running rampant, right? Progressivism, Democratism running rampant. It's a darn shame, ladies and gentlemen. A darn shame. Uh, and, and of course, Aurelius Locke agrees. That's some blatant anti-American BS. The speaking easy. He says, wow, that's some boo shit. <laughs> I guess if I can say boo shit, I can say bullshit, right? Okay, anyways, it's a family show. You know? <laughs> the commies have infiltrated, says the speaking easy. And then he says, China is asshole. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't think anyone else said boo shit like <laughs> Anyways, Lightmaster One says, and welcome, Lightmaster One. Another business in Prairie Grove needs to place just BLM and Antifa flags for 30 days. Then precedent will be set. Hey, you know, that's actually something. Why don't we see if Gianelli will fly a BLM or an Antifa flag? Let's let's see him fly a Black Lives Matter flag. Let's see him fly a rainbow flag and see if the uh, the uh, the township or whatever of Prairie Grove says anything. And then we can catch them on the hypocrisy. Then we can catch them as the double standard. And then you know what? You're right. There will be some precedent and there will be some standing in court 
because they had no problem with the gay flag, right? They had no problem with this uh, Black Lives Matter flag. That would be, that's an interesting route to take. You know what I mean? I mean, you might have to sacrifice your dignity for 24 hours while you you fly those flags. (laughs) But that would be an interesting route to take nonetheless. I don't know where this uh, comment came from, Tam Growl, but she says, Adam Schiff cries air and farts baby powder. <laughs> I don't remember talking about Adam Schiff, but I like it. One Eagle Five was hanging out. Death Blossom 17. Christina Fontana says, say special session 10 times fast. <laughs> special session. You're right. I can't. Okay. I know what's going on. Okay. Hold on. Let me go ahead and you guys are just doing, y'all guys are just going crazy over there is what's going on. Okay. Let me, uh, let me close that window real quick. Okay. Let me see what else we got. Deborah Erdman was hanging out country gal on the sea. (laughs) Otherwise known as Texas gal hanging out and gifting some shades. Thank you so much. Shades to protect our eyes from, you know, what's coming up on your show. Yes. They were very much needed. (laughs) We needed some of those beer goggles to take a look at uh, George Soros yesterday. One Eagle Five gifting a cookie, caustic, and abrasive. Thanks, gang, all here. The, oh, the gang's all here. That was like, that's cool. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, the next level. Anyways, Deborah Erdman gifting a cookie. Thank you. Incoming food fight. <laughs> Cage Farmer at Methods is here. Shit, I'm headed back to the shed. I didn't see Methods. Did you guys see Methods yesterday? I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm pretty like a tunnel vision sometimes. Sean Joe gifting a can derailing. All executive orders would be null and void once the fraud, uh, once fraud in the election is found. Uh, absolutely. We're talking a little bit about some of the uh, voter fraud and the path forward for uh, America and also the states. But that's a good point, though. All the executive orders. So that means effective immediately, we'd have to start building the wall again and stuff like that. A service dog mom in the bunker. Oh, yeah, we had some tech diffs yesterday. Uh, Not to sound too uh, millennial. Technical difficulties. But uh, everything was well. You guys hung in there and we kept the show was still a go and always in Texas uh, hanging out. Uh, light t- to master one and gifted a can keep refreshing everyone. I like that one. That was smart. Keep refreshing. And he gifted a can. That was awesome. A cage farmer. We burp. Then we carry on absolutely in the bumper. Oh, you guys heard me say that I don't have the bumper yet. <laughs> How about in the buffer? Let's get in the bunker, in the buffer, in the bumper. <laughs> Tam Growl, that's right, Cage, burp and carry on. I apologize. I've burped on the air a couple of times. Uh, uh, my uh, my feedback stick tells me sometimes, don't do that. It's disgusting. Uh, always in Texas, we stick with and improvise, adapt and overcome. Absolutely right. We have to be adaptable. And uh, improvisational skills do help as well. Christina Fontana says, way to roll it. At, uh, way to roll with it, Mang. I just like that she said Mang. Loyal to the foil was hanging out. Blonde Blue Lady Q, because they know when fall hits, people will start dying like the animals did. We're talking about uh, the COVID backs there, undoubtedly. Like, they're just waiting for summer months to be over, and they're going to start building. That's what they're doing right now. They're back building. They're building it better for the fall. So this way they can really roll out all of their uh, all of their draconian rules. Sean Joe gifting a cookie. Blonde Lady uh, Q. Blonde Blue Lady Q gifting a cookie positive vibe 72 jersey girl here all right jersey girl we were talking about uh freaky phil murphy a few episodes ago 
was that Dpatriot1776 was giving me the lowdown on uh, on um, uh, some of the candidates over there, candidates over there uh, when they're doing uh, y'all's primary and y'all's election run for governor. Uh, or so the primary run and stuff like that. So uh, um, unfortunately, the man in the race that we had, uh, Mr. Singh, uh, did not uh, uh, did not um, get where we needed him to get. I think I call fraud. Actually, I call fraud on that one. Uh, from far away, says yes, they should be thrashed. They know they are scum with an agenda to kill all humans. Do you know? Do they know we know their agenda? Uh, you know, f- from far away, and I'm sure we could be speaking about all agendas, including agenda what 2030, including the the George's Guidestones, all that stuff. They probably live in such a bubble that they don't realize that we know exactly what their game plan is because they publish it, they speak it, they sing about it, they make movies about it, and they think that we're none the wiser, right? They think that we're just getting uh, uh, preemptively programmed, but we actually know what the score is. Mm, But they don't realize that, do they? Tam Gorel says, okay, Texas, who's going to win the governor's seat? Um, I know who my vote is currently on. I could show you. I mean, I, actually, guys, I, I am kind of looking towards Lieutenant Colonel Allen West right now. Uh, he's the one that I'm kind of looking at as far as voting for. Um, and uh, I will continue because his record is not like Governor Abbott's record. Who is a um, who is a career politician? Um, um, always in Texas says Abbott works when he smells his job is on the line. I agree with that. From far away says all career politicians are compromised. I agree with that. And then a uh, Texas gal at Tamgrel says I know who I want to win, Lieutenant Gov- Colonel Allen West for governor. Okay, so I don't know all my Texas friends in the chat. I know there's many of you guys out there. Uh, it looks like we're gonna have a uh, uh, Allen West. Uh, uh, block here over at Foxholes, what it's starting to look like. Uh, Christina Fontana says, "Has uh, Mr. C has a bumper, not a bunker or a woodshed. <laughs> How about you all step into my bumper? <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, well, Connie Ketchup, I try and make you laugh, but I don't do it on purpose. <laughs> Blonde Blue Lady Q says, which states have gone no mandatory jabs did Texas? Um, as far as mandatory jabs, we have no mandatory vaccines, no mandatory uh, vaccine passports. Yeah, we don't have mandatory jabs here in Texas. Now, that has not been mandated. The passports, those have been killed for government uh, agencies and in, in jobs. Um, but as far as uh, as far as like, you know, private sector goes, um, it's not been regulated to have mandatory jabs, but it's also not been not regulated to have mandatory jabs. Now they did. Uh, they did pass a uh, law. They did pass um, uh, EOs on the state of the masks and stuff like that. Uh, they're not to be mandatory. However, if a privately owned business decides to go ahead and put that as their stores, um, as their store or their businesses, uh, you know. Um, will or decision, uh, then that's up to the privately owned business. But then again, that's where we, ladies and gentlemen, vote with our uh, fiat currency, right? We vote with our fiat currency and decide whether or not we are going to pursue a business with people who require you, who mandate you, who command you to wear a mask. I won't spend any of my money in businesses like that. Thank you. 
looking up says Cruz was not eligible to run for president because he's not a true Texan. Okay. <laughs> he, his spurs don't jingle, jingle, jingle. Yeah. He's not, he's not uh, eligible for that, but, um, uh, that's a story for Lone Star News. And don't forget, guys, we'll have Lone Star News here on Saturday at 4 p.m. Texas time with myself and the Texan talking uh, Texas uh, current events and headlines uh, for any of you guys out there, whether you're an expat Texan, you're a current Texan, or you just love the state of Texas. Uh, come on in and join us on Saturday. Uh, we'll be hanging out and we'll be just giving you guys some of the recent uh, headlines and current events. Blonde Blue Lady Q says Pence took down General Flynn. Maybe that was already mentioned. No, it has not. But yes, I remember. I recall him being a piece of that. Um, that sounds like something worth uh, pursuing in regards to Pence and his... Uh, reliability, uh, trustability. Yeah, there's not much there. I've never, ever liked Pence from the jump, even when I even when I was like, yes, Trump. And I was like, who's his, who's his VP pick? Oh, it was Pence. I just always, 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 whenever I saw Pence, I saw LBJ. I saw Lyndon Baines Johnson standing there, ready to take his place if the deep state had successfully exterminated or gotten rid of president Trump. I just knew that Pence would be there to be that, uh, you know, to be that, uh, that silent SOB trader and, uh, and, and rule it over the country. Uh, Tam Grell says, I watched the secret interview. Pence was named fingered. <laughs> Tam Growl. Um, yes, Tam uh, Pence was involved in some secret uh, uh, meetings, you know, between some GOP rhinos and one particular uh, Supreme Court justice uh, that it was all about taking out Trump and ensuring that he did not continue on in a new administration. And even then before, uh, Blonde Lady Q gifted a phone. Hi, hun. How you doing, sweetie? Uh, Speaking easy, swamp creatures equal putos. Pilled by the rabbit. <laughs> Pilled by the rabbit was hanging out. Joy for Trump at Blonde Blue Lady Q. I received my meds from frontline doctors. Thank you for your help. I uh, that was an interesting comment. Uh, I think I saw you guys chatting about that in um, in one of the uh, previous episodes that you could actually get some medication from frontline doctors. So that's a good tip to know for all our friends out there. Look up the frontline doctors and see if you can get your stuff there. Joy for Trump, if you're hanging out, feel free to expand on that. Likewise, Blonde Blue Lady Q. Shepherding Shepherd, hey, the Fox friends, throwing wings as I'm eating the tacos. <laughs> uh, God bless Patriots and Green at Mr. C. Uh, always great having your um, having your energy in the room, Shepherding Shepherd. Now, now honestly, guys. Honestly, and I'm not going to answer this question here. I will not dignify an answer to this question on my own show. But I have never, ever denied or confirmed whether I'm wings or tacos. Although I think you guys could probably figure out what that is. <laughs> I mean, where I stand. But I will be 100% honest with you guys. I really do like wings, but I really like tacos. So which one do you think it is? I don't know. You tell me. Okay, so <laughs> tallest. I mean, I 
Uh, anyways, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it. This is not for this show. Uh, tallest symbol of freedom gifted a cookie. Where we go one, we go all from Wisconsin. Welcome from the great cheese state. Zena hanging out. Casual girl says tacos are ready, but sounds like you're full from a ship full of cookies. Indeed, casual gal. Uh, casual G. Casual gal. Casual GG. It was good to have you in the chat. Good, always good having first timers. Uh, Zena, uh, right at Mr. C. Good Soros imitation. Oh, yeah, the Soros imitation. I don't I don't know if I could do that again. Uh, Deborah Erdman gifted a cookie. Thank you again for the Oreo shepherding shepherd at Mr. G. Nazi impressionation, but maybe too good. <laughs> Ohio Kimmy, we got a cookie fight. Connie Ketchup tossing her cookies. Connie Ketchup says, someone also said the microphone goes through him or past him when he says, my butt's been wiped. I will have to go and look at that again because I have not, I didn't, I didn't realize that uh, he might be CGI or green screening in that one short event, uh, that, that'd be interesting. And it would not be the first time that uh, uh, Biden has become a CGI replica of himself uh, just to look like he's doing something out there, not hiding in his basement. Looking up says, I thought it was a mask. Okay, so we're talking about the, uh, uh, the, the clip where President Biden is holding a little boy's hand and he puts something in his hand. Uh, the reports I read said it was a, a dirty glove. It might've been a mask. I just, that's just, that's just so creepy and inappropriate. Like, I don't know. Could you imagine if the parents, and cause you know, when the camera pans back, you see the parents and, and they always have this like weird look on their face. Like you remember the videos of Biden sniffing and filling up children um, um, in, in the Capitol or in the Senate building or anything like that. You know, whenever he's giving his little uh, uh, photo ops, like the parents, they, uh, to me, the parents always have this like look on their face. Like they recognize what's going on, but they are ignoring it. Like they, it always looks like they're ignoring something or like they're going intentionally vague or blank in the face. So as to not appear as if though they recognize that this sick pedophile is grooming their children for what's to come. Like I've seen it countless times. And the mother in that video of the little nine or 10 year old boy being holding hands with Biden not even again, not even at his own desire. Like you could tell Biden's like, give me your hand. Like the mother in that video has that vague blank face where she kind of knows what's going on, but she's willingly ignoring it. Right. But uh, the re report I had read said it was a glove. It could have been a mask, but either way, it's disgusting and it's creepy. And and they caught it on video like they caught it on video. Like that is just the most appalling thing. I don't know how this man continues to get away with the things that he's done. It reminds me of that one video that just came out with, uh, you know, the split screen with uh, with Pedo Joe talking about a quarter sized uh, amount of crack cocaine and his son, uh, you know, huffing on a crack pipe. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't doubt if Pedo Joe was high on crack during that hearing. <laughs> I would not doubt it. I would not doubt it. After all, it's a disease that he and his mommy gave to Hunter. If you guys remember that story. Uh, the speaker Nisi says, I take that glove and slap it on his face like an old school Frenchman used to do. I challenge you to a duel. Pa, 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 pa. <laughs> 
Blonde Blue Lady Q at Connie Ketchup says they did lots of preliminary testing. Oh, we're speaking about Blonde Blue's uh, Blonde Blue's granddaughter here, I believe. Um, uh, yes, uh, as it turns out, she's just badly bruised. Thank goodness for that, Blonde Blue Lady Q. And as the rest of the chat wished with their prayers and their goodwill, uh, just get a lot of rest. Oh, but we had some conversations about some car crashes here, guys. Uh, both uh, Blonde Blue says at uh, Connie, uh, both cars were totaled, but the guys were really cool about it. Connie says, uh, my friend had a bad car accident and also told of her car. Uh, very rough. Um, and then your granddaughter is uh, also is terrible. Oh. oh. Um, and then Connie says... Uh, I did once. I wrapped a Mustang around a tree and almost killed myself. That, Connie, I can relate to. I, I remember when I first moved to Austin. I'm not in Austin anymore, but when I first moved to Austin, I totaled two cars. Both were my fault. <laughs> I laugh about it now. <laughs> but the second one, the second one was really bad. Like we're talking like I should have been in one of those uh one of those Mazda commercials. Is it Mazda? Was it Mazda that did those commercials where they're all he lived? <laughs> he lived, right? Like the second one was really bad. Um let's see Thong Chaser. Where did that go? Hold on. Your guys are like Thong Chaser. Thong Chaser gifting a can. Thank you so much for the can, Thong Chaser. I've seen you in some chats around the old foxhole, and I'm glad you decided to stop on in. I hope you enjoyed your time with us. Thong Chaser. iRobot61 says the Trail of Tears was born from cotton farmers that wanted more land than picked up by the state and federal government after much pushing. Thank you, iRobot. I appreciate you for that uh, that insight into history because, again, we're talking about uh, uh, we're talking about Daniel Jackson. Do you guys know who Daniel Jackson is? We're talking about Andrew Jackson. <laughs> We're talking about Andrew Jackson here and how he's blamed for the Trail of Tears and the Oregon Trail and all that stuff. One Scott in the house, blonde blue lady Q foxhole must be under attack. We did have some, we did have some, uh, you know, death wheeling and some disconnections yesterday. I don't think that the foxhole is under attack though. Um, um, there was some other speculation about that. I think uh, Aurelius Locke said, I've noticed uh, for a while that everything, every time a show goes live, the other shows lag or glitch a little bit. And, you know, it might've been me also because I had a lot of windows open and some things playing at the same time. So, you know, I mean, it seems like everything's been running pretty smooth over at the foxhole as of lately. iRobot61 gifted a cookie. Thank you. I thank you so much. Texas Gal says, somebody does not want the show to move forward. Hang in there, Mr. C. I appreciate the words of encouragement. Uh, we'll always hang as long as we can. Um, and let's see, we had channels live now. Philly Q, define projection. That is when you commit a sin and you blame it on your enemies as if though they are the ones who did it. So as to throw off any type of uh, blame on oneself. Hillary, Hillary Clinton did it all. I was going to say Hillary, 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 Hillary. She did it all the time. Castle drummer, every other level politician made millions. Trump lost millions. Again, we're talking about that video we played yesterday with that loser from CNN. And then I like that Philly Q says like uh, Pelosi's monorail. Exactly. Like this idiot from CNN used the example of a monorail from the Simpsons, not even realizing that this entire crap went on with freaking Pelosi in San Francisco. Like, hello, Foxy lady was hanging out. Castle 
drummer says, no evidence. This guy knows he's lying. He or is an actual retard. Exactly. You could see in their eyes, like you could see in his eyes that when he said that there was no evidence of election fraud, that he was willingly ignoring everything that's been coming out because I'm sure as a news pundit or commentator that he watches the headlines and uh, he it's his job to know what's going on because after all, he's got to spin it. Ohio Kimmy says, everyone is donating to Trump and not to the Rhino Party. That's right. They're not going to get one red penny from any of us. And uh, and you know what? That guy's just jealous. Or he's listening to his poli- uh, his political um, like marionettes who are saying, Trump's getting all this money and we're not, right? It's just, they're just crybabies. Tam Growl, isn't this the third set of subpoenas? You were right on that, Tam Growl. They had issued two before. Desert Fire hanging out. Ohio, Ohio Kimmy saying, we never said Italian. Thanks for the, uh, for telling us though, right? We never said that there were Italian satellites uh, involved in this, but I guess maybe this guy has some some kind of scoop we didn't know about, and he has just implicated the Italian uh, in in this entire thing. Again, guys, we're talking about this video we played about this moron who is spreading all these uh, lies about President Trump and just you know brainwashing his core audience. Because none of us, uh, none of us here um, would believe that for a second. Pilled by the Rabbit says, Mr. C, we should do reverse speech on these liars. You're right, we should. Although, Pilled by the Rabbit, they do speak in reverse if you think about it. They tell lies and they tell you the opposite of the way everything is. And uh, it's all, it's all, it's all a, a kind of like, um, uh, what do I call it? It's, it's not secondary speech. It's, um, they just, they're liars. And, and everything that they say, it's actually not what they mean. Like whenever you talk, whenever, whenever you hear people like Nancy Pelosi or any of any of them, any of them saying things like uh, national security, not good for our country, unsafe for America. They're talking about their people. It's double speak. They're talking about their people. They're talking about their America. When they say, uh, when they say, uh, you know, the patriots who follow President Trump are a danger to our America, they're literally talking about their version of America. They're not talking about America, America. They're not talking about the Constitution. They're talking about the scheme that they are running. They're talking about this uh, hijacked country that they have been uh, committed to. That's what they're talking about. Uh, let's see here. Desert Fire hanging out. Desert Fire says, I miss Sheriff Joe. Indeed, that is uh, that is the sheriff over in Maricopa County. Ohio Kimmy said, what is going on with the sheriff in Maricopa County? Well, um, Ohio Kimmy, uh, Sheriff uh, Jab- uh, Penzoni the Jabroni, uh, he's gone against the election audits. He was the one that they used to put the big old stifle on passing out the routers. Um, He also received $2 million from George Soros in order to defeat Sheriff Joe Arpaio in his what? He would have been like uh, a seven or eight term sheriff in Maricopa County. Yes, indeed, he would have. But uh, Sheriff Penzoni, the jabroni. Uh, he quashed all of that because he's the sheriff. And the, the ridiculous thing is he even went in his uniform to speak out against it, which means he politicized his office. And that is not what he's there for. He's there for law and order and justice, not to play politics with all of these um, with all of these rebellious and treasonous individuals over at Maricopa County. That's not his job. But he went ahead and made it that way. Uh, so he needs to go. 
We had a lot of bingos in the house yesterday also. Tam Grell says, bingo, see? Uh, Aurelius Log said, bingo. What were we talking about there? Oh, we were talking about the routers and exactly what we could find. Texas Gal says, the router gives them a roadmap of where info was sent and where it went. Treasure map. Absolutely, absolutely. So yes, I mean, we would see where everything was going through those routers. That's why they want to hide them because they can't let everyone know that these routers were going to places that could definitely incriminate them and implicate them and prove the fraud. Like, I think that would prove fraud if anything else. Uh, let's see. We had Connie McKenzie coming into the house yesterday. Ham Grau says, oh, wow, look her email. Yes. If you guys caught the email, if you guys didn't catch the email, there it is again. We're talking about uh, Paul Boyer and also Michelle Eugenti Rita. That's their email and that is their phone number. Uh, I would say even if you're not in Arizona, go ahead and give him a call or send him a piece of your mind. Uh, we actually called Paul Boyer on the air here, I think on Monday, but uh, his mailbox was full. Yeah, makes sense, doesn't it? Makes perfect sense. Okay, uh, let's see here. What else do we got? Uh, the Speak Uneasy at Connie Ketchup. That was, couldn't you tell that? <laughs> it was that picture of Michelle Eugenti Rita with her mouth open. Oh, wait, I shouldn't do that. Classical Chick was hanging out. Tam Growl, LOL. I'm sure his mailbox is full too. Aureli Slock, uh, oh, says, what is this? Oh, yeah, bingo. And then Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> We're talking about George Soros. You can see the devil in that one. We're talking about Gavin Newsom there. You know, I find it quite interesting when I look at the photos of a lot of these people. You can tell, guys. You can tell which ones. They're just evil. Like, they, they like even their features look demonic. Like, like their bloodline, like, makes them susceptible to, like, you know, uh, a demonic dominion over their vessel and it comes out in their physical features. It's weird. It's weird. But yeah, and Gavin Gruesome Newsome, you definitely see it. Um, and then we're talking about, of course, George Soros also. When is the demon going to run out of money? Gina from West Virginia says, thank you so much for pointing out the drool on George Soros's chin. <laughs> I could have made it the rest of the night without seeing that. He had drool on his chin. Like, I mean, on his lip. I was like, oh, hey. Uh, Loco Diablo says, oh, Pinche Loco Diablo says, Aurelius Locke. Um, yeah, I have. Oh, yeah. Oh, and speaking easy says, I actually think Puto is a weak name for Sorias, a weak name for Sorias Soros. Um, I have no problem with the bad words in Spanish saying, saying them, I mean, on the air. Uh, <laughs> But I, I, I definitely uh, refrain from the F-bombs and anything else, unless we're doing Mr. C in the dark. It, it might come out then and there, but it's midnight, guys. So uh, let's see. The speak easy. I guess pendejo is a weak word, too. <laughs> and about the semi. Uh, let's see. Oh, but speak easy does speak uh, Japanese. So Mr. Speak easy. I encourage you to put some colorful language in Japanese in the chat so we can expand our cultural limits and vocabulary here at the Sea Report. How would you say these things about George Soros in Japanese? I wonder. <laughs> Connie Ketchup says, did you say in the beginning Trump endorsed Ken Paxton for attorney general? Good God against a Bush. No, no, no Bush. Yes, we did. Connie Ketchup. Um, uh, uh, President Trump did indeed endorse uh, Ken Paxton, Attorney General, against George P. Bush. Okay, first of all, 
George P. Bush, a big old loser. I mean, yeah, he's got a title right now here in the state of Texas, but the man is named after George, I guess his 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 uncle and his grand granddaddy, right? George, a treasonous pedophile, right? And Prescott. He's also named after a Nazi. Okay, George P. George Prescott Bush. How, how could anyone vote for this guy? He's named after a pedophile, treasonous Nazi bastard. I don't get it. I mean, he's got all the odds stacked in his favor, besides the fact that he also looks like he comes from a demonic lineage. Again, George P. Bush, he's another one that looks like his features could be very demonic. I mean, I'm just saying it. I don't base things on the way people look because I'm not that kind of guy. But come on, guys. It looks like some people have the devil in them more than others. Speaking easy says Garcetti's definitely a puto. We're talking about Mayor Garcetti over there in Los Angeles. A pincha puto at that. Hijo de bruja says Ohio Kimmy. Ohio Kimmy, I did not know you had it in you. <laughs> Weaponized True says, what are the chances the epicenter of for election audits is in the exact same county of a sheriff that was jailed after proving Obama's birth certificate was fake? I mean, what are the chances? There's no such thing as coincidences, they say, right? There's no such things as coincidences, but I don't know how that relates to the rest of the story. Just V says, hi, everyone. Going over international matters elected by old Georgie. Yes, ma'am, we sure were. Um, uh, let's see here. And uh, just, uh, no, speaking easy says that weaponized truth looks like it was beginning. It was being planned for a long time, doesn't it? Arpaio was an awesome sheriff. So, yeah, you know. That's a true thing. You know, maybe, maybe now I see the connection here. Maybe, maybe the influence of Sheriff Joe Arpaio reached the people of Arizona that much and reached the senators and representatives in Arizona, at least the ones who are fighting, uh, that they were going to go ahead and go for it. Right. That okay, I see the connection now. Thank you. Speak uneasy and weaponized truth. That is a good point. That is a good point. Perhaps these are the seeds that Sheriff Joe planted in Maricopa County, right? That's coming to fruition because the people were like, we ain't going to take this no more. We're going to fight, fight, fight for election integrity, our constitution, and our sovereign right to be free and independent. Seymour Butts was also in the house. Henry 4570, Bill Tech, I, it be me, Ange, James Walker 76, Skipper Ike, and W.C. Cranop, Jonah Sark, Average Joe Patriot, all hanging out. Ohio Kimmy gifting a cookie and Just V gifting a can. Again, I thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for the uh, uh, gold pill donations. If you're hanging out over here at the Foxhole app, it's a great way to support content creators, and I much appreciate it. Uh, and you know, we'll put that back into the show. Most definitely maybe expand the ranks or something like that. We'll see what's up. We will see what's up. In exactly. Uh, now, before we get on with the show, let's see what's going on in the chat. We got peeled by the rabbit Palmer, 1951, one, two, three, SKG, Tam Grell, Tracy, PCB, Aurelius Locke, the speak and easy, uh, blue rinse at blue rinse. Welcome again, my friend from across the pond. And, uh, the rest of my chat seems to be cut off. Uh, yeah, George Prescott Bush. That's right, Connie Ketchup. How you doing? Total Nazi. Ohio Kimmy. <laughs> Ohio Kimmy throwing that Spanish out at us. Hey, hey, hey. What is up? I know there's more of you guys out there. Texas gal, just be. We said hello. Um, and let's see. Before I get, I'm looking. I'm looking to the side now because 
uh, the uh, chat I have over on my screen. That has been uh, cut in half. Oh, thank you for the phone. Also, just be calling Mr. C. <laughs> I respond to texts much better. No, just kidding. Thank you again. And let's see what else we got. Let's see. Let's see who else is in here hanging out. A cookie from Blue Rents at Blue Rents. Thank you so much. Vanguard 360. Welcome on in, my friend. Welcome to the show. Get nice and comfy. AP9889, Anonymous Patriot. Good to see you, sir. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Tracy PCB yes, is also hanging out. 123SKG, thank you so much for the can. Sherry Pittsburgh, we said hello, but we'll say hello again. And I think we're almost towards the iRobot61. Good evening, sir. We were just talking about you at the start of the chat recap. Okay, and I think that is, I think we're caught up for today before we get into the show. Before we get into the show, and Ohio Kimmy, thank you for the cookie as always. I appreciate you, hun. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, hope you're ready because here we go. All right. President Trump always leads at the Sea Report, as always. And uh, he has a few statements coming out. Uh, just a couple of statements, actually, for this afternoon. Where'd my statements go? Oh, this is most curious. Hey, okay. Tell you what we're going to, i tell you what I'm going to do. As Lucille Ball would say. <laughs> All right, here we go for President Trump's statements. Uh, he says in the first statement, we won't go back. We won't mask our children. Joe Biden and his administration learned nothing from last year. Brave Americans learned how to safely and responsibly live and fight back. Don't surrender to COVID. Don't go back. Why do Democrats distrust, distrust the science? Don't let this happen to our children and our country. Because, of course, we most definitely see, and we'll touch on COVID a little bit tonight, we most definitely see that the Democrats, uh, the those who would lord it over us, are most definitely trying to backpedal. They're most, try they're most definitely trying to inflict us with fear again. Fear, ladies and gentlemen, that is the only card that they can play at this day and age, at this hour, to try and provoke us into following their mandates, their, uh, their non-essential, unscientific mandates about the vax, about the mask. Like, and you know, this is the thing that I see most about it is that you see, and, and this is not, this is not speaking to President Trump and his vaccine thing. Okay. Cause I've seen some pretty heavy stuff lately about President Trump and the vaccine thing. Uh, but I'm not going to share that a line of thought with you guys because it's not worth dignifying at this point in time. Uh, there's other things I could share with you guys about what I thought Trump could be as an entity on the political force, but that's not here nor there. Maybe we'll talk about it some other night uh, whenever I'm talking about how I found Trump, right? Uh, but um, I, yeah, I've seen some stuff, guys, some stuff, some people coming out and saying some things, uh, but we're going to hold down the line. And regardless of where those black-pilled naysayer shills might say Trump is going or what he actually represents, we're not going to focus on the cult of personality. We're going to focus on the um, on the symbolism of what his administration uh, presented to us. And that is that we can still be sovereign. We can still be free. We can still enjoy our liberties. And we can still have a constitutional republic 
if we are so inclined to fight for it. Because after all, it has been said in the past that all it takes for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. And it has also been said in the past that the people will have the type of government that they deserve or that they want, you know? So that, that again, the symbolism of what Trump may be, despite what some of the naysayers, the black pillars, those people who are really trying to show us something else, a different storyline. And trust me, guys, I could really lay it on with that, but I'm not. Um, uh, we don't need to look at President Trump for that. We can look at the symbolic message that he and his administration shared with us and opened our eyes to. And that is the message that we, the people, have the power, should we be so inclined to fight for it. Because they also say that freedom is always a generation away from being taken away from us. Uh, these are all what um, um, ancient words of wisdom, right? Well, you know, 200 years ago is not so ancient, even though to some of us it might feel like it. Um, but these are most definitely, uh, I think, I think these would be considered more like, uh, you know, universal truths. All of those three quotes I just laid out on you guys. But anyways, so yes, um, don't go back. Don't wear your masks. You know, I understand even, uh, even some people feel that they have to, but you know, uh, you know, I've seen some, I've seen different, uh, friends comment and, you know, other people out there talking about in their locale, it's a law or it's a regulation where they have to wear the masks. And all I can say to that is, um, you know, I appreciate where everyone feels that they have to be on that point, you know, where they are. Um, but really guys, like, how can there be a change how can there be a change if one is not willing to make that change and make the sacrifice of being uncomfortable? You know, because at this point, they can't fine you for not wearing a mask. They can't put you in prison for not wearing a mask. They can, however, make you feel very uncomfortable and very unwelcome, right? But how will they know that there's anyone out there that's willing to do that if we don't do it ourselves? If we don't say, fine, I'm going to walk into this store without a mask on, how will anyone else know who feels the same way that there are other people? It's like being the, the kid in class that uh, has a question but is too afraid to raise their hand. But someone who has the same question raises their hand. Like, you have to be that person to raise your hand. You have to be that uh, you have to be that example. You have to be that light. You have to be the strength for those out there who cannot do it. And honestly, guys, I would expect nothing less from people who uh, are, are in this chat room today. Now, I'm not judging anyone who does. And I'm not telling anyone whether or not that they should. But at this point, guys, it's the light of the maskless, the light of the maskless, that is us in this dark world, you know, in this world of fear. Because after all, these people who are still wearing their masks, they are consumed with fear. They're either consumed with fear or just, uh, I wouldn't say laziness, not necessarily laziness, uh, compliance. You know, I, I mean, uh, dormant, doormat, doormat, see, <laughs> but most definitely most definitely. Uh, it's something at this point in the game, two years into the game of this whole mask thing, I, I honestly would expect that um, that most of y'all out there feel the same way because people are not going to have the strength to take off those masks if they don't see other people pushing back. 
they may be at their end's wit with these masks, but they're still doing it because they think they're alone. But we guys, we here today, we have that internal knowledge. We have that appreciation for truth. We have to be those light bearers. So again, I'm not judging anyone who has uh, who has seen it that way or not. I'm not saying that anyone is, you know, good or bad uh, for not uh, being non-compliant because that is civil disobedience, guys. At this point, in some areas of this country, not wearing a mask is civil disobedience. You know, that is civil disobedience. And that's what it's going to take. It's going to take civil disobedience, especially with these mask mandates. And you have, because they're trying to bring them back. I have a story about it we'll be talking about later on. As you can see in the little uh, story headline today, mask mandates in Missouri. They tried to bring them back, guys. They tried to make a certain county in Missouri mask up again. Okay, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. But at this point, it is dependent on us as patriots on us as God-fearing individuals who understand the detriment of the symbolicity and the health, the physicality, the physical detriment of these masks. It is up to us to be that strength and that light and not say, well, it's still a law in my location. So for now, I play the game. No, you stop playing that game. You throw that ball off the court. You go out of bounds. And know that we will support you. I used to have to say prayers, guys, because, I mean, literally, I was like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Um, but but I'm just saying, guys, again, I'm not laying it on y'all. I'm not judging anyone. I'm not calling anyone out. I'm just giving my personal opinion and viewpoint on this matter. We don't need to play that game anymore. Every time we step out with a mask on and are compliant, we are giving them our power, okay? So we need to find the strength inside of ourselves because there's always a higher power out there, guys, that will give us the strength that we need. But at this point, we have to do it. We have to be that example. Otherwise, what's the point? It's just like... All of us are awake and aware because you never know when we're going to find that person who's waking up. You never know when that family member that's considering the red pill is going to come around. And because of the accurate knowledge and the understanding that we have, we could be that person. We could be that voice. We could be that shelter. We could be that hearth that shows them, that explains it to them, that helps them. But we have to be that walking and talking example. Even in areas, even in areas where masks are still law, I, you know, you know, and I even, I even, I even said in a chat one time, the only one place that I find myself not, uh, not being so anti-compliant is with transportation. I don't drive, you know, but I can get left behind uh, because I don't have a mask. So that's just something else. But, you know, I mean, I always ask the question, hey. Do we have to wear a mask? But again, I mean, that would probably be my only point to that fact where I'm talking about uh, a compliancy and civil disobedience. But but other than that, ladies and gentlemen, really, really and truthfully speaking, I, I pray we find that strength for those of us who are still faced with laws and mandates from city ordinances, because they will never know that no one agrees with it if we all go out and be compliant with their mask mandates. How will they know? 
how will they know that we don't agree with it if we go out and comply with our masks on? You know, it's just like where I live. Certain parts of town, they will still tell you, wear your mask. They will still look at you ugly. They will still say you can't come in here. Certain parts of town. But on my side of town, that does not happen. Because we showed them that this neighborhood, this location, this district, this precinct, this side of town, that doesn't fly. And it's because in other parts of town, everyone is still compliant and afraid. So those who try and lord it over you can try and get away with it. But not when I'm in town, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's go to our next Trump statement. Hard to believe our Senate Republicans are dealing with radical left Democrats and making a so-called bipartisan bill on infrastructure with our negotiators headed up by super rhino Mitt Romney. Obviously, Mitt Romney is, you know, heading this up, right? Let's be bipartisan. Let's bend over for the Democrats, right? This will be a victory for the Biden administration and Democrats and will be heavily used in the 2022 elections. It is a loser for the United States of America, a terrible deal, and makes the Republicans look weak, foolish, and dumb. It should not be done. It sets an easy guide, glide path for Dems to then be get beyond what anyone thought was possible in future legislation. It will be a continued destruction of our country. Our borders are horrible. Crime is at an all-time high. Taxes and inflation are going way up. The economy is going way down. And now this. Don't do it, Republicans. Patriots will never forget. If this deal happens, lots of primaries will be coming your way. And that message, my friends, is more to the rhinos than it is to the American people because we understand what's up and we understand what is going on. Is that not a fact? Ladies and gentlemen, all right, that wraps it for President Trump's um, President Trump's statements for today. Let's move right along to our next story on today. Now we're going to be talking about the corrupt DOJ, the Department of Justice. Now, some of you guys might have heard that the Department of Justice has just issued um, a warning against violating federal laws by performing election audits. Hmm. Makes you kind of wonder what's up with that right now. We've already seen the DOJ play their hand at this, right? They've already failed on two accounts three times. They failed in Georgia. And that was kind of like a default failure because after all the courts, the Supreme court ruled in favor of election integrity in Georgia. Right. So that was a default fail, but then they also had, uh, they also had these warnings that they were throwing out at the, uh, the state Senate over there in Arizona in regards to election integrity. You had that, uh, that, that one DOJ individual, Karen Parsnick or something like that. She, and who has a very, very, very colored and checkered past, not good, not good, made herself look like a fool. And then, of course, we had A.G. Garland coming out against uh, um, the Arizona Senate saying that they were violating, right, that they were violating certain uh, uh, rights and federal laws uh, in regards to voting. Well, here they go again. Now they're now because they failed so many times, they're putting out this blanket warning to all states, basically saying, hey, 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 you better not do a warning or else. Now this to me, 
this to me is a, uh, a is a warning or a guideline with absolutely no teeth. I think what they're doing here is they're just putting out a blanket warning so that they can uh, do that chilling factor that trying to put fear into anyone for moving forward. You know, so this way, if you're thinking about it and you're a weak state or you're a weak, you know, legislative body, you'll be like, oh, okay. Or you know what? Uh, They're putting this out there for the benefit of the compliant. They're putting this out there for the states that they know are on their side. So they don't even have to think about it. They're like, oh, okay. You know, California, Colorado, New York. uh, We know you're not going to do it anyways, but we're going to put this out there. So this way you have an excuse to say that you're not going to do an audit, right? That's also the purpose that this kind of warning serves, right? It's just to help out their buddies in the legislature that weren't going to do it anyways, but now they can tell their constituents, will the DOJ put out this, this, this teeth toothless, toothless, this toothless warning to the states about election audits. Okay. So the Department of Justice officials um, alerted states that they are tracking closely the 2020 election audits that are taking place, including in Arizona. And and you know that they're going to start poking their head around at other states that decide to move forward with it. Because guess what, guys? We got more states that are moving forward with it. Yes, we're finally talking about the audits again here at the C-Report. We took a little vacay the last couple of days uh, uh, on them. But let's go ahead and get you guys caught up in case you hadn't heard about what's going on. Now, the new guidelines document summarizes the Biden administration's position on federal law concerning audits, deeming the round of reviews either done, being done, or proposed unusual and exceedingly rare. Okay, let me tell you why it's rare, uh, America Garland. It's rare because Americans have never done this before, especially at this capacity. And it's unusual because uh, people don't usually question your authority, right? That's why this is unusual. It's unusual because people don't normally question the authority of the federal government. So, yeah, guess what? You should probably get used to these kind of audits happening from 2020 forward. Like even if we have safe sound, uh, uh, safe and sound elections in 2022 and 2024, I wouldn't doubt if they try and pull more audits off just to make sure. And you know what? They should. If the people feel that they should, then they should. But I bet you it's going to be the Democrats who are crying for audits in 2022 and 2024. And you know what? I bet you that the conservatives are actually going to be compliant with it. And then they're going to find out, guess what? We had nothing to hide. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and do these audits regardless of what you say. And you know that that's going to look totally different, right, guys? You know that whenever, I don't know, say 2024, 2028 comes around or even 2030 and you have the Dems and the liberals crying for an audit, uh, the conservatives are going to be totally go along with it. They're totally going to, but, but you know, in those guidelines, they're going to say there can be no conservatives present instead of saying this should be a bipartisan audit. They're going to be like, no, only Democrats can be present. You know, it's going to be a total sham hoax. It'll be interesting to watch, guys. Now, uh, here's the guidelines. We're not going to go through all of it, obviously, because this is like what? I think it's like 25 pages. But just so you can see, the document is present. Okay, that's the document right there. Let's go ahead and expand that a little bit. Okay, federal law constraints on, oh, let me go ahead and expand that for you guys, Um, on post-election audits. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's 28 pages of garbage, basically. Let me uh, decrease the size there. 
They give you this stupid blank thing. Uh, the, the, the Department of Justice is committed to ensuring full compliance with all federal laws regarding that. Again, this is just so that the, compl- the, the complicit states can be like, look, the Department of Justice said that they're committed to ensuring full compliance with all federal laws regarding elections. Okay, now let's go ahead and talk about why this has no teeth. Okay, they're just putting this out there as a blanket because they want to scare people or just make an easier way out for those who are definitely going to not be doing these audits. Okay, Uh, so this has no teeth because, again, it's falling back on everything that they tried to throw at Maricopa County. They tried to throw all of these things at Maricopa County that just did not stick. They're like Teflon Don. You know, they just did not stick. Uh, The laws include the Civil Rights Act of 1960, which mandates the retention of election records for 22 months after federal elections. Okay, so already that's one big uh, gum, gum filled toothless bite that they're trying to take here. How is this supposed to scare anyone that's doing an actual forensic audit when you have people who are against the audit, a la Michigan, where we have a uh, what election source going into a race, the data that's on their election of voting machines, right? And they're supposed to hold it for 22 months, but they're going to erase that data that we were talking about that last week up with the. Uh, up with the uh, um, constitutional lawyer, Matthew DiPerno, uh, sending a cease and desist order to all the counties, that election source, who's a Dominion, uh, a Dominion um, advocate or, you know, a subsidiary or whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, going over there to try and erase all the data on their machines, right? 22 months, guys. Uh, you know what, DOJ? I don't think that patriots who are going to be filing or committing a forensic audit have anything to worry about this because they want the 22 months of data that you guys are trying to erase. They did the same thing in Maricopa County. You know, they erased a lot of their election logs. They erased a lot of their election voter information, you know, and here go, here we go again. They're supposed to retain it for 22 months, but um, they're not doing it. So you know what, DOJ, maybe you should be using this as a, as a manual of guidelines against the people who are currently violating it. Okay. No teeth. You're all gums, um, uh, A.G. Merrick. You're all gums. Okay, Uh, here's the next one. Uh, The Voting Rights Act of 1965. Okay, Uh, where it is outlined that no person shall intimidate, threaten, or coerce, or coerce, or attempt to intimidate, threaten, or coerce. Sorry, I'm saying coerce. Coerce. Any person for voting or attempting to vote or intimidate, threaten, or or it's that or or coerce or attempt to intimidate, threaten, or coerce. (laughs) I can't say this. Or I cannot say or and coerce together. Any person for urging or aiding any person to vote or attempt to vote. Again, we saw them, they, they used this line over in Arizona. That was the first thing that they said. They, it was, this was over the, the, the canvassing, the vote, voter canvassing that they were going to do as part of this audit. And probably one of the reasons why they removed the canvassing aspect from the audit. But again, this is why this is all gums, ladies and gentlemen. It's all gums because how on earth can you intimidate someone from voting when it's not even a vote? This is an audit, guys. They're not going back and they're not going to be like, we're going to harass you for your vote. No, that makes no sense. How is it that by them canvassing and asking 
hi, uh, did you vote in the 2020 election? They're not even asking who they voted for, right? They don't care about that. They care about whether or not that person voted. How is that coercing intimidation or threatening, right? Going up to their door and saying, hello, I'd like to know if you voted in the 2020 election. Or maybe is uh, maybe, hello, are you so-and-so? Did you vote at in the 2020 election? How is that intimidation, right? How is that intimidation? Plus, how is that going to affect the outcome of the election when they're not even voting? That's not voter intimidation during an audit. That is not voter intimidation. Uh, the Public Interest Legal Foundation already spelled that out to the Arizona Senate. You know, we already know this for a fact that this is not voter intimidation. So again, A.G. Merrick Garland, Garland, Merrick Garland, right? A.G. Garland, Merrick Garland, whatever, and the DOJ, corrupt as they are, are just laying out this guideline, again, to cause fear to states who are thinking about it and to help out their buddies who had no intention of doing an audit to begin with, right? It just makes it easier for them to say to their constituents, oh, we can't do an audit because uh, corrupt DOJ said that they are looking at us. Well, you know what? Grow a pair because this has no teeth. This has no teeth whatsoever. Violators of the Civil Rights Act face fines of $1,000 and a jail sentence of up to one year for each violation. They have no standing. This Department of Injustice has no standing on this. Like, they have no standing. Like, they can take this to court and they will lose. They will lose. It makes no sense. It's so stupid. It's just ridiculous, guys. It's completely ridiculous. Uh, let's see here. Um, officials noted that Attorney General Merrick Garland last month said the DOJ would focus in part on scrutinizing audits to make sure they comply with federal laws. Again, this whole intimidation through canvassing thing is ridiculous. It makes no sense. And in fact, during the Arizona um, Senate hearing that took place about two weeks ago now, they even expressed, now this was Doug Logan from Cyber Ninjas, the CEO, he actually did recommend that they go ahead and, you know, they go ahead and move through with canvassing the uh, Maricopa County area uh, uh, in regards to who voted and, and, you know, who they are. I say do it. I say they should go for it. I don't think they need it. Because after all, I think they have a lot of the information that they need. But I say, why not just do it? Why not just fly in the face of this corrupt uh, Department of Justice? Just do it. Just do it so we have legal precedent. So they can see and everyone else can recognize that they have no standing here. Because this is not an election. We can't intimidate people if this is not an election. It is an audit. And asking people who they are and whether or not they voted is not intimidation at all whatsoever. So again, I'm sure that a lot of you guys recognize this. Recognize this. We recognize this here at the Sea Report. And a lot of other states recognize this as well. Because now we have Wisconsin moving forward with a forensic audit. Oh, man. And I thought Pennsylvania was going to be next for show. 
But uh, Wisconsin seems like they're going to go ahead and move. They're going to fly in the face of the DOJ with this new voter, this new uh, election intimidation, this audit intimidation piece that he put out. That's what that is. It's an audit intimidation piece. Uh, it is a it's, it's a, a, a constitutional intimidation piece, right? They're bullying the states, right? Because they think that they have standing. They're just they're just bullies. They're just bullies at the end of the day. Um, let's see here. So, yes. So what's going on in Wisconsin? In Wisconsin, we have new evidence of voter fraud. Ding, ding, ding. And then, of course, we also have um, a committee that has uh, decided to go ahead and move forward with an audit of the 2020 election. Let's talk about the new evidence of voter fraud first. Okay, so of course you guys know we ha already have all of this evidence of voter fraud to begin with. We have, of course, like the midnight drop of all of these ballots. We had all of these drop boxes everywhere. We had, of course... We had, of course, uh, what uh, millions of dollars of Zuckerbucks flying into the Racine Five. We have the ra the Racine Five, the Wisconsin Five. We have the Wisconsin Five um, absconding from having the county clerk doing their job and instead allowing a representative for Zuckerbucks, uh, Zuckerberg, and his uh, his Center for Tech and Civic Living, and also what was the name of the other one? The uh, National Vote at Home Institute coming in and basically running the elections for the five largest municipalities in the state of Wisconsin. Again, the Racing Five, uh, the Racing Five, the Wisconsin Five, that is Racing, Kenosha, Milwaukee, Madison, and Green Bay, right? They absconded. They totally violated their own municipal registers, right? Their own municipal uh, charters, their own state law. And they allowed an outsider to run the elections for them in 2020. So yeah, we already have that going on, right? But now we have evidence of more voter fraud. Okay. So this, sh I mean, God, like it's coming down to the wire guys. Like I'm not going to put any timelines on anything. We don't do that here at the Sea Report, but I feel like it's coming close. I feel like it's coming very close. So for this evidence of voter fraud, um, we can look to none other than Look Ahead America. Look Ahead America is a voter integrity project coming out of Wisconsin. And at Look Ahead America, they found that they had 157,299 illegal ballots cast in the state of Wisconsin during the 2020 presidential election. Now, Look Ahead America is uh, run by uh, a dude by the name of Matt Brainerd. He's the executive director, and he made this announcement again 157,000 plus illegal ballots were cast in the Wisconsin presidential election. Now, according to the report in regards to Look Ahead America, so you guys can get an idea of who they are, it says Look Ahead America is an America first nonprofit dedicated to standing up for patriotic Americans who have been forgotten by our government. It says we are just, uh, they are, they are not just talk, they are action. That action means deploying a register, education, and turnout to vote program across the country. It means leading patriot actions and training citizens to lobby their state and local governments 
for America First causes. And it means ensuring voter integrity by investigating cases of illegal ballots and advocating for election reform to prevent them from being cast in the first place. The Voter Integrity Project was started by Matt Brainerd in the aftermath of the 2020 election and was brought under the uh, aegis of Look Ahead America. Uh, the mission of the VIP is to finish the investigation into illegal ballots cast in 2020, sanitize states' voter lists ahead of future elections to eliminate the possibility of illegal ballots being cast, and to fight for real voter integrity reforms. Okay, so that sounds pretty good to me. Look ahead, America. I like the cut of your jibe. Uh, the amount of ballots that they believe have been um, uh, illegally cast is about eight times the 20,000 vote margin of Biden's supposed victory in the 2020 election. Now, in the report from Look Ahead America, they were they were looking at seven different tranches, seven different areas of inspection into what they were finding during this 2020 audit. Um, so let's go ahead and take a look at that real quick. Now, this is from the report. The Wisconsin, let me go ahead and expand that for you guys. The Wisconsin report from Look Ahead America. This is a 25-page report. We're not going to look at all of it, but we'll look at some of the uh, finer points at the start of this report here. Um, let's see here. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a look at this. Now, this is the project history as stated. And I'll go ahead and expand that a couple more times for you guys. It says here, um, given the close margins across many states, Matt Brainerd and a team of researchers commenced the Voter Integrity Project to run several experimental analysis. The team designed these analysis in such a way so as to determine if illegal ballots were cast and if so, whether that number significantly impacted the outcome of the election. The initial project ran as many as seven, ran as sev as many as seven different procedures across six different states at a total cost of $591,436. Analyzing Wisconsin's cost approximately one-sixth of that budget, or $98,573, this covered the cost of raw data, data processing, and various vendors and call centers that helped with the analysis. Our initial uh, results never received a fair hearing in court of law, nor did any elected official thoroughly examine our work. However, despite providing results under extraordinarily difficult and unique circumstances. So again, these guys are working hard for America. They're not being, um, they're not being listened to, again, it says here, by elected officials or even any court of law, but they pressed forward nonetheless. Now, as I said, they had seven different procedures, seven different areas, or as they refer to them as seven different tranches, where they were looking at how there could have been illegal ballots in the Wisconsin 2020 presidential election. Here's what they looked at. Tranche one, early and absentee ballots cast in the names of voters registered illegally. Early and absentee ballots cast in the names of voters registered illegally. Tranche two, voters illegally claiming indefinite confinement status as a reason to vote absentee. Wisconsin did not allow the COVID-19 quarantine as a reason to claim indefinitely confined status. Tranche three, 
Um, early and absentee ballot cast in names of voters matched to permanent out-of-state moves in the National Change of Address database. At the time we processed this match in mid-November, the database contained records as far back as four years prior to as recent as October 1st, 2020. So they're looking at these early and absentee ballots and they're comparing them to the National Change of Address database. Okay, simple enough. We've seen them do this before. They looked at this in Georgia, right? They looked at this in Georgia and they found some massive discrepancies in Georgia because of this same fact. Uh, next, they're looking at the um, uh, early and absentee ballots cast in names of voters matched to out-of-state subsequent registrations using, again, the National Voter Database. In these cases, the voters had registered in Wisconsin and matched to voters subsequently registered in another state. Tranche five through seven, uh, election day ballots cast in the names of voters registered illegally. Um, um, and then also we have the EDBC, INV, um, let's see, that's election day ballots cast in names of voters matched to the NCOA, the National Change of Address Database and the OOSR. That would be the out of state subsequent registrations. Okay. And they also look at unmatchable unmatchable invalid residencies among the early and absentee ballots cast in names of voters database and also the um the uh the where's that one the uh, election day ballots cast in names of voters so that's what they were looking at we're not going to go because they have all of it outlined here but we're not going to look at that i have a little bit of a uh breakdown for you guys on this side of things Bloop. Let's go ahead and look at this one again. All right, there we go. Whoopsies, not her. <laughs> She's coming up. Okay, so back to this. Hey, Deplore Laura, how you doing? Good to see you over there at Twitch holding on the light. Uh, so again, so this uh, Look Ahead America in this report uh, found that due to the limitations of time, budget, and the inability to uh, access necessary government databases, they were only able to look at the first four of those seven tranches. So keep in mind here, they ran through, there were seven different procedures that they could use in this report, but because of uh, time, budget, and uh, the inability to access certain government databases, this report only contains information on the first four procedures involved. And this is what they found in just the first four guys. Can you imagine if they were able to run through all seven of them? Um, it says in the, in the report, not accounting for any illegal ballots in tranches five, six, and seven, we expect the number of illegal ballots to reflect the percentage we found in tranches one through four, procedures one through four. Likely this number would come in at or around 157,299. This significantly exceeds the margin of victory in the 2020 general election in Wisconsin, which was 20,695 votes. Okay, so that's Biden won supposedly by a margin of 20,000, 21,000 plus, right? And they're calling 157,000. Now, this is the tune. This is the song that we're seeing in all cases in Georgia and in Arizona. Uh, we had what? Uh, a 10,000 to what? It was like maybe 11 or 12,000 in Arizona and about 10 or 11,000 in Georgia. And yet we're seeing hundreds of thousands of illegal votes 
There's enough room there for reasonable doubt. If you ask me that they should move forward, anyone who sees this data should should want to move forward. But again, you have these naysayers uh, trying not to move forward with this stuff. It's just it's remarkable. It's crazy, guys. So um, so that's what they found. It says whether using likely projections or the bare minimum, which assumes everything that we did not examine or could not determine was legal. We must conclude by beyond a reasonable doubt that the deserved winner of the state of Wisconsin's presidential electoral votes in 2020 uh, general election is unknowable. Okay. It also does indicate that widespread voter fraud definitely occurred on a statewide scale as per our findings and Wisconsin Supreme Court's 2020 ruling. And furthermore, that uh, that uh, sitting state representatives knew about this situation as per their own family members claiming the status illegally. Guys, do you get what they just said there? They're saying that there were state representatives that they found on these voter rolls, on these illegal tranches. Like, that's insane, guys. They're, they have family members of state representatives that they found in this report. That is, I think that's going to be pretty damning whenever they actually move on this it says one of the ways in which they found illegal ballots was by matching voter addresses to the unknown lists of postal box facilities. We're talking USPS, FedEx, and UPS. And we saw this in Georgia also, guys. Um, uh, so basically what you have here is you have uh, like a United States Postal Service and they have all of these PO boxes. So they the people that would do these fraud they would send in their address as the address for the United States Postal Service. And instead of putting P.O. box, they would put apartment number. They would put suite number. They would put unit number. That's insane, guys. Okay. The report says in some cases, these facilities exist at the same address of as of illegitimate as legitimate apartment buildings. However, we scrubbed our list of any potential false positives by calling the management companies as well as investigating property records. In other cases, these individuals claim to reside at businesses that our systems flagged due to their location besides USPS, UPS, FedEx, drop-off box. Um, while these were not technically postal box registrations, the individuals registered at the same addresses neither resided there owned or even worked at these businesses. So here you have them using like, I don't know, Office Depot address. And then they put like a suite number or a post office box number or uh, um, an apartment number on it, which is why we mark these registrations as illegal. Um, so that is just some of that there. Now, of course, coming out of Wisconsin this week, we have Representative uh, Janelle Branchton, Branchton, Branchin, um, and she has issued a press release on Monday calling for an Arizona-style audit in the state's election. Uh, now, um, uh, she says here, uh, uh, Representative Branchin says, voters have made it clear that they want a thorough cyber forensic examination of tabulators, ballot marking devices, and other election equipment, which I will be helping facilitate on behalf of the committee as chair. IP addresses, chain of custody on ballots, and Audit trail logs must be thoroughly inspected by cyber audit technicians. While Wisconsin is in the process of an election audit, I will be working to ensure that it is augmented with expertise and resources to ensure a comprehensive forensic audit. So yes, the Wisconsin Assembly Campaigns and Elections Committee 
will conduct a full forensic audit of the 2020 election. Um, the state of Wisconsin is now set to conduct a full forensic audit of the 2020 election in the coming days. This is, again, according to announcement made by uh, Representative Branchen. Now, Janelle Branchen, um, she, is a, she is the chair of the Co Campaigns and Elections Committee and uh, said that she's not sure that the Legislative Audit Bureau has the authority to conduct such a review. So again, they're going to take it out of the hands of, you know, the uh, the the uh, the gamers over there in the state of Wisconsin. We're going to take it away from Speaker Voss, who's done a miserable job at trying to get an audit, of course, because he is pals with, you know, um, with the uh, uh, um, uh, rhinos over there that have been longstanding, Speaker Voss, and who's at that that. Paul Ryan and and uh, and the likes, but uh, Branchen also argued that such a review is warranted considering the amount of private money that went into some of the state's largest communities. Again, we're talking about Zuckerbucks here. Zuckerbucks spilled into Milwaukee, Madison, Green Bay, Racine, Racine, and Kenosha. And considering the amount of private money that was used, of course, it's okay if the left uses private money. It's not okay if conservatives do right. And America first, um, America first, Americans. You know, uh, but it's okay. So that's that's her reasoning on that. Now, interesting enough, in case you guys didn't know, um, uh, Representative Branchen was also part of the Wisconsin delegate that went over to the state of Arizona to witness what's going on there at the Maricopa County uh, Veterans Memorial Coliseum uh, 2020 presidential audit, election audit. Um, Branchen traveled to Arizona to learn about the audit, she was joined with uh, Representative um, um, Rachel Cabral Guevara and also Representative Dave Murphy, as well as Chuck Wichigers. Um, these are representatives of Greenville, Appleton, and, um, and uh, um, Muskogee, respectively. They all went over there to go check things out and see what was going on. Of course, they do have pushback on this entire thing, uh, but Voces and Votes was actually the uh, the uh, group um, that sponsored their trip over there. Now, as far as the uh, document, uh, this is the press release from Representative Branchen. I'll go ahead and expand that for you all. Like always here at the C Report, it says uh, um, State Representative uh, Janelle Branchen released the following statement regarding materials that will be requested by the Assembly Campaigns and Elections Committee in the coming days in order to undertake a more thorough investigation of the 2020 fall election. The people of Wisconsin deserve to know the truth about the 2020 election. The state of Wisconsin allows 22 months after an election to investigate irregularities and 2020 had plenty of them. I appreciate the legislative efforts to restore confidence in our election system and support the compl complementary investigative efforts underway to look into localized concerns. However, it is clear that further action is warranted by the Assembly Campaigns and Elections Committee to look into the broader issues that have been raised, and I am grateful for the support of my colleagues in this effort. The amount of absentee voting taking place has exposed issues surrounding ballot curing and definitely confined electors, ballot harvesting, and how our tabulators actually work. As I've traveled around the state as chair of the Campaigns and Elections Committee, voters have made it clear that they want a thorough cyber forensic examination of tabulators, ballot marking devices, and other election equipment, which I will be helping facilitate on behalf of the committee as the chair. Um, IP addresses, chain of custody on ballots, and audit trail logs must be thoroughly inspected by cyber audit technicians in order to provide confidence 
Four voters in our elections, both completed and upcoming. While Wisconsin is in the process of an election audit, I will be working to ensure that it is augmented with the expertise and resources to ensure a comprehensive forensic examination. It is clear there are those who continue to oppose more vigorous, uh, rigorous examinations of election materials in favor of moving on or were not displeased with the results in the November 2020 election. However, if Wisconsin is to have a credible election system, we must keep up with the technology and perform a full forensic and transparent audit. It is incumbent upon myself and the campaigns and elections committee to ensure the records essential to the most rigorous and intensive review are made available to the professionals with the greatest capability to conduct it and increase election process transparency in order for the public's confidence to be assured. And that is exactly what I will do. So saith Janelle Branchin of Wisconsin. Do I got her here? No, we're going to Florida next. Let me go ahead and put her. Hey, not you. We want. There we go. We're going to get her next on the screen. She, she needs to be there. Okay. All right. Good job, Representative Branchin. Coming at them hot and heavy. Okay, so we will be seeing this moving forward in the state of Wisconsin. Man, I had my money on Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> then again, you know, Pennsylvania did declare the audit. It's just um, they are dealing with uh, all of the the uh, um, uh, bumps in the law, the bumps in the road that uh, they're secretary of state is doing over there but they're still moving forward i mean you know you have the counties over there saying that they're not going to comply but they're still moving forward over there in pennsylvania i'm sure there'll be more news on that coming up but yes um it says here to conclude pray confidential source the executive committee of the republican party of dane as is breaking also so dane county over there in wisconsin dane county uh, the executive committee of the Republican Party, they have voted unanimously to support um, this uh, effort by Representative um, uh, Janelle Branchen. And that is a very good thing. Do you know why, guys? Because Dane County, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's where Madison, Madison, Wisconsin is. Madison, Wisconsin is located in Dane County. And again, that's the second largest metropolitan area in Wisconsin. So if you have everyone uh, on this executive Republican committee um, unanimous, unanimously voting to comply, right, comply, because that's what's going to boil down to with this effort by Representative Branchin as part of the election committee over there in Wisconsin, Madison received thousands of dollars from Zuckerbuck's Madison also had all these drop boxes. Madison also had the uh, uh, the uh, National Vote at Home Institute head is Michael something something or other, um, um, basically running that um, audit that election. Very good for Madison to be on board because they are one of the Wisconsin Five. Very good news there. Uh, so we can all um, you know raise our hands over our heads and shout hallelujah as they would say in other parts of this country. All right, let's hop on over to Florida because Florida also is bringing us some good news as far as election audits go. Again, you guys might have heard this already, but we do have a lawmaker over there by the name of Anthony Sabatini who is um, who is demanding that they have a an audit of their elections over there in Florida. Now, he released, uh, let's see, Florida State Representative and U.S. Congressional Candidate um, uh, Anthony Sabatini 
demanded the Florida Secretary of State and local supervisors of elections initiate a forensic audit of the 2020 election in five of the largest counties in um, um, Florida. So here is his uh, demand letter here, of course. Uh, it says, uh, after forensic, uh, let me expand that for you guys. After forensic audits in Arizona and Georgia unveiled significant irregularities in the November 2020 elections, representatives Anthony Sabatini is demanding that Florida Secretary of State and local supervisors of elections initiate a forensic audit of the 2020 election in Florida's five largest counties. Uh, uh, Representative Sabatini is also urging Senate President Wilton Simpson and Speaker Chris Sprouls to pass legislation, giving the Secretary of State and local supervisors of elections any tools they need to ensure that audits are thoroughly conducted in these five counties. Um, so that is very good news here coming out of Florida. Also, do we got, what do we got here? Oh, we're going to Georgia next. Uh, sloppy report tonight, guys. I apologize. Don't hold it against me. Okay, let me get right in there. Okay. Good. All right. We're back to Florida. Okay. We're not done with Florida yet. Of course, the five largest counties in Florida would include Broward County, Hillsborough, Miami-Dade, Palm Beach, and Orange. Um, when asked why the audit should be performed in Florida, um, Sabatini told Breitbart News that every single state should have a random audit to figure out if there were discrepancies, just to be sure. And that is going to be the name of the game going forward, guys. Moving forward, talk about the, the train is in motion, as they like to use as an analogy for what is coming with this audit. It's going to move across all 50 states. What we're hearing about it in, like, what, Nevada, New Hampshire, Wisconsin, Florida, um, Georgia, Arizona. Um, can't wait to hear it from other states like California and such. Uh, but we got Pennsylvania, uh, Maryland. Uh, we got the, a lot of states coming up for this, guys. A lot of states coming up. So good news on that front. We will make sure to bring you more election news moving forward, ladies and gentlemen. As always at the Sea Report, from the jump, we were there, guys. And you can count on that information to come from us as well. Now let's head over to Georgia. Ah, uh, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. We're always writing love letters to Arizona and Georgia over at the Sea Report. But it seems like everything that comes out of Georgia, oh my goodness, like they just need to throw in the towel. They need to wave that white Trump flag over at Georgia because they are they are failures. And they are failures at trying to steal elections. Like their goose is cooked. Like so much evidence of fraud has come out. And now we're having evidence of, uh, I guess I would say um, evidence of intent, evidence of intent. Like we've already gotten past the evidence of fraud. Like we've covered it here to the nines at the C report, but now we're getting to the evidence of intent, a scandalo in the state of Georgia. And guess who it is uh, circling around guys. It is circling around none other than the guy you love to hate, the Secretary of Snakes, Brad Raffensberger. Now, we've reamed Brad Raffensberger so much at the Sea Report. I just, I didn't think he wanted more. I thought he was like, we're done getting licked by Mr. C. Like, this guy's put us in the ground so many times. We've got so much mud on our face because everything that we report um, or share, I should say, over here at the Sea Report. But dang, this guy keeps coming back for more. 
he keeps coming back for more, ladies and gentlemen. This guy is such a snake. He's such a crook. He's such a scoundrel. Like, I don't understand how this man hopes to be reelected because last I heard, he was still running for reelection as Secretary of Snakes. He has no hope. He has no hope. Uh, I'm sure the people in the state of Georgia will take anyone over this man, over this 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 wolf in conservative clothing. Is he a rhino? Is he a rhino? You might wonder. Well, after this story, guys, you might wonder if he is a rhino, a conservative in liberals clothing, or if he is not, in fact, a Democrat, a Democrat in conservative clothing. It seems to be that that might be the case because this story, ladies and gentlemen, and I don't know how many other people you're going to hear this one from because it's a little technical, right? So we have to read to actually get to this story. We're going to talk about this business. Landmark Communications, ladies and gentlemen. Landmark Communications out of Atlanta, Georgia. Now, what's the skinny on this? Okay, we've already found out about Happy Faces, right? We found out about Happy Faces, the business that's owned by none other than Big Mama herself, Stacey Abrams, and how she is using this temp agency to infect every agency in the state of Georgia. Who else is going to tell you about that, ladies and gentlemen, but the C-Report? You know, so now, now we're going to talk about Landmark. We do a little bit of digging here at the C-Report, and we try and get our story straight, but let's talk about Landmark, because Landmark Communications touts themselves as the type of agency that helps Republicans to get elected. They help Republicans reach that. They're like, you know, they're the publicist for Republicans. If you're a Republican, we're going to get you elected. And indeed, Brad Raffensperger, he's wrapped up in this business also. Not only Brad Raffensperger, but also the Deputy Secretary of State, Jordan Fuchs. She's also one of those go-getters that you get from Landmark Communications where they help Republicans get into office. And who else was the other one? The other one associated with this one is, uh, is uh, what's, the, what's the guy's name? The guy's name is, the guy's name is uh, Gabe Sterling. Okay, we're going to talk about Gabe Sterling also. Now, Gabe Sterling, um, he's also a, a member of the... Um, of the Georgia legislature, okay? And Gabe Sterling is also a, well, Rhino, I mean, at this point, after this story, guys, I really have to wonder, are these people Rhinos or are they actually undercover Democrats? Okay, they may not be Rhinos. They may not be, well, I guess a Rhino is a Republican in name only. So I guess if you're a, a Democrat posing as a Republican, you would be a Republican in name only, but this is a whole nother level. This is an entire another level of, of, of deceit and debauchery, ladies and gentlemen, that we're talking about. Brad, oh, Brad, <laughs> I'm going to get the whip out now because <laughs> you in trouble, boy. Man, he's got so many lashings across them, that hiney, like, I don't know what this guy, he just, he seems to be a total, he seems to be a total masochist, this Brad Raffensperger. Uh, Sterling, this Gabe Sterling, he's the CFO. Um, of of uh, 
Secretary of State. God, these guys. Okay, so let's talk about let's talk about Landmark Communications. Okay, so Landmark Communications, as I said, they tout themselves as an agency that helps Republicans to get elected. Right. That's that, but that's not their track record. That is not their track record. Now, the uh, the uh, CEO of uh, Landmark Communications Incorporated is a dude by the name of Mark Roundtree. Founded the company in 1991, uh, touts themselves as campaign elections uh, as uh, as the top five um, highest influential individual in the state of Georgia and the go to man for GOP legislative uh, candidates. Unfortunately, Landmark has a history of helping Democrats get elected running as Republicans. Okay. Um, and uh, and that would also include progressives. Now, the probably the primary candidate, probably the poster child for this uh, this type of initiative, is a woman by the name of Naziri Dawood. Now, Naziri Dawood, pictured here, uh, is someone who ran as a Republican as a conservative in the Johns Creek, Georgia City Council elections in 2015. Okay. Now, this woman here claimed to be Democrat. I mean, claimed to be conservative, claimed to be Democrat, but she was receiving a lot of uh, campaign financing and stuff and also getting a lot of tip offs from Democrat and liberal. Uh, um, uh, individuals and organizations. Now, Naziri is an Indian immigrant and a landmark represented her during the Johns Creek City Council election cycle in 2015. She was a member of the Republican leadership program when she qualified for post five in Johns County or Johns Creek, I apologize. Naziri advertised herself as a fiscal Republican, tough on taxes, a woman with Republican family values. Um, now, the report lists Asian American Naziri Dalwood as an individual who lost her race where she billed herself as a fiscally conservative Republican after a picture of her was found on the internet where she was attending a far left gathering called tacos, beers, and abortions. Okay. Tacos, beers, and abortions. She was supporting this cause. They found her out and it eventually came out that she was also not a doctor and she claimed to be a doctor. Now, probably the most damning bit of information about how this woman was a Democrat in conservative clothing who is running as a uh, as a fake Republican comes from her family, guys. Now, I have to say now this this is from uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Jay Raja Weisperl. This is her husband. <laughs> Her husband, guys, her husband outs her as not being conservative, <laughs> as not being a Republican. He's probably like, damn it, this woman needs to stay at home. No, just kidding. I don't know. Listen to what he has to say, guys. I think you're going to get a kick out of this. I'm sure he spent many a night on the couch maybe after this, but I mean, it's from the wolf's mouth, guys. <laughs> The horse's mouth. <laughs> Hi, my name is Jay Raja Weisberg. Uh, people call me Raja. Some people call me JR. Both is fine with me. 
and I am Nasira Dawood's husband, and uh, I'm here uh, to tell you a few things about Nasira Dawood and why she is not qualified to be on the city council of Johns Creek at this time. Nazira entered politics based on uh, lies, you know, in the sense she was pushed into it by some Democrats in South Fulton. And then she had evolved. Now she says she's, she's become a Republican, a conservative Republican. But the thing is, she's really not what she says. She's not a fiscal conservative. She's not a moral conservative. Uh, she's not a leader. Uh, she's none of that. I love my wife. I love my children. I mean, I love them very much. And I want to do the right thing. And that's the reason I've been telling her to stop lying. Everything she says is a lie. The personal stuff she put, it's all uh, stories that she fabricated. She's been doing that for a while now. Um, the stuff about uh, pay to place, plus, and the rest of the stuff. Well, what Mr. Botker told her. Uh, so basically, she's a puppet being groomed by special interests. Uh, Nazira doesn't own property in the city of Johns Creek. She has nothing. She's been, she has moved three times just this year to three rental properties, including an apartment. Does she write? No. People write it for her. Everything she puts out, the newsletter she sends out, is she done by her? No. People do it. Other people do it. Can she honestly sit in front of somebody and debate? Can she answer questions by herself? No. Now Mr. Bodker supports her, and he's been telling her what to do, what to say, and he's been helping her writing a lot of stuff like i mean i was right next to her when she was on the phone while he was dictating her on how to respond to the ajc uh, league of women's voters uh, guide and uh, he was telling her about uh, this plast how to do uh, how to answer the pay to play and uh, you know you, you and the rest of the stuff this is a person who is a puppet i mean who has no ideas of her own who will just do whatever to please people she thinks are famous, who will advance her, uh, give her new titles. She's, 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 she loves titles. Nazira told me that Mayor Bodker personally helped her raise more than $10,000. Okay, and he's still uh, helping her raise more money. Uh, and uh, these are people Nazira does not have a clue about. She doesn't know them. But they are help sending a lot of money to her campaign. And the next disclosure that comes out, you will get to see it. I have no clue why these people are helping her and why Mayor Botker is so interested in getting Nasira for the council. Why? Uh, I have no clue. To me, family is very important. I put my family first, my kids first. I love my wife, I love my kids, and I want to do what is good for our family. Okay, not what is good for politics, not what is good for getting fame and you know fortune like that. I'm not into all that. 
I just want the right person to do the right job. And I don't think Nazira is cut out for that. We have to do what is good for the city. Okay, and what is good for the city is not Nazira right now. Dang, y'all. <laughs> I can just imagine what you guys are thinking. Like, can we get more people like that? Can we get more people like that? Um, I saw some of the comments. Uh, <laughs> divorce coming in, says Blonde Blue Lady Q. <laughs> but just just think about it. I mean, I'm thinking maybe he's like, you're not you're not taking care of your family. You're, you're off there gallivanting with all of these strangers. And, you know, indeed, this was great information because he just gave us what we just saw here, guys, was an outline of how they run sham politics in our locations, our, our backyards and also beyond, because you saw that, you know, they found the perfect uh, moldable um, um, a amiable, like not amiable, a moldable, um, malleable candidate, right? They found the perfect vessel. They found the perfect puppet. And once they knew that they had her and she would go along with it because she likes her titles, like he said, she probably likes the fame. She probably likes the money that's coming in. You know, uh, you know, she's an empty vessel. She's an empty vessel made available to the deep state and all of their demons, right? They're coming in to basically possess her. And by doing that, he showed us everything. The mayor's backing her up. People are giving her talking points. People are writing her newsletters for her. You know, he's like, I don't even understand why, but they're doing it. So there you see, it's like they're, they're like predators. They're preying on weak-minded individuals to take office and do these things so they can shape them. She's like an AOC, you know, like an actor, but not even that. It's even worse because this is just someone that wants to get involved just to say they're doing something. I don't know. Actually, I can't even judge her intentions from the start, but she definitely got pulled. And you heard he said she was a Democrat and all the Democrats are coming after her and supporting her and saying, hey, you should do this. And then all of a sudden out of the blue... She becomes a Republican and she starts saying fake things and like, dang, like what that man did takes guts, takes guts. And hopefully Nazir Dawood can see that he was doing that out of love. You know, he could see that he was doing that out of love because she faces she faces a lot more, a lot more humiliation, shame, you know, uh, if, if she'd be run out of the community, if, if everything comes out, if she'd actually won her office and things had gone that way. I mean, and, and there's even there's even worse thing, worse things that can be said about uh, the temptations that the devil lays out for you and this regard and where that could go. Like, I mean, talk about talk about the easy path. Right. Talk about about the wide road there that Nazira Daywood was taking by going on this path. You know, and and we see a blueprint like this is the man speaking about his family and what he experienced and what he saw. And he's like, she's not even a moral conservative. And yet all of a sudden, that's what she's saying. I'm telling her not to lie anymore. That is pretty powerful, guys. And this is a woman who is being represented by landmark uh, by this landmark incorporated uh, business landmark communications. Uh, so again, these guys who say they run uh, conservatives, they run Republicans to win. Look at who they're picking up as their uh, vessels. 
And the next one would be this dude. His name is uh, Jay Lin. Okay, this is another one that Landmark represented. Jay Lin was a Taiwanese immigrant. Of course, Jalen is not his Asian name, but he also ran in the race for a Johns Creek City Council and um, and follow on race for the Georgia state representative seat. So he had he was handy in two elections that they were trying to get this man in. Uh, Jalen also ran as a conservative in Johns Creek. However, he had the reputation for not showing up for meetings, not paying attention and voting opposite of Republican views. So again, a Democrat in Republican clothing, a rhino in name only, very much could be the case. Very much could be, could be the case. In fact, this dude, Jay Lynn, would hold political events with Nazira Dawood. So they would campaign together. Now, we have to pay attention to this, guys, especially when we start looking at our local elections, when we start looking at our city council, when we start looking at our local state representatives and Senate representatives, because I'll tell you what, guys, we did we did uh, interviews with conservative um, um, conservative candidates in San Antonio here on the Sea Report back in April. We did interviews with the candidates that we thought were the best conservatives. And I tell you guys what, I smelled, I smelled a freaking Democrat in um, Republican clothing in at least one of them, guys. And if you guys saw that election, if you guys saw those interviews, I called him out on it. But I smelled it. I smelled it. Like I could tell this guy was a fake. He was a fraud. He was a phony. And I wish I never laid eyes on him, you know, but anyways, okay, hopefully he's not watching. No, you know, what? I hope he is watching because after all, he needs to know that we have discernment and we will boo him off stage a la Michelle Ugenti Rita. You know, we will say, no, we're not going to take you, dude. Like, that's just not the way this works. Now go comb your hair and put on a clean shirt. Okay. So anyways, with this Jalen dude, um, <clears throat> Okay, so those are some of the things that he was going through. Now, also in 2015, when he was going through his election cycle, this dude, Jalen, paid. He paid Landmark Communications Incorporated $65,000. Okay, and this was for a city council race. Never voting Republican, not voting conservative. But he paid a lot of money to play. And it doesn't sound like they did his job. But now check this out. This man, Jay Lynn, somehow, somehow he ends up on Brian Kemp's transition team. Okay, so what, Brian Kemp? What, Brian Kemp? Are you all, we know you're a rhino, Brian Kemp, but you're, are you also an undercover Democrat, right? Um, okay, so he ends up on Brian Kemp's transition team, and he was also appointed to at least three other government board positions in Georgia. Georgia, you got a lot going on there. Never let it be said that there's nothing going on because, I mean... It, and it's so easy, guys. Like, these guys just, you can pick them. You can pick them out of the air in Georgia. All the corruption, you can pick them out of the air. It's so easy. If I were in Georgia, I'd be in their face. Man on the street style, right? But uh, it's it's not as easy in Texas. Although, you know what? Maybe I'll pay, maybe I'll pay attention to my, uh, maybe, maybe I'll pay a visit to my, <laughs> to my district representative. You guys dare me? You guys dare me? <laughs> 
I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go over and get in his face because he that guy deserves it. Mm, I'm not going to tell you his name, but he deserves someone to get in his face after what he did to our president. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Uh, so yeah, Jalen he ends up on he ends up on Governor Kemp's uh, transition team. This man who paid sixty five thousand dollars to this agency that's supposed to help him get elected, right? Makes you wonder if maybe he's embedded with like you know the ownership or something like that. Okay, and then he's also appointed to three other government board positions in Georgia, including one that had influence over Savannah Port. I don't know Savannah Port from Johns Creek, but if you're in the Georgia area, maybe you know. Okay. Now here's another thing about this Jay Lynn, about this Democrat in Republicans clothing. He also receives campaign contributions from Secretary of Snakes, Brad Raffensperger's wife. Brad Raffensperger's wife donates the max to this Jay Lynn character's campaign for state representative. And Brad Raffensperger also helped push him and Nazira during the 2015 election. So he and Nazira Dawood had the endorsement of Brad Raffensperger. Mm. Yeah, you got to be careful who you endorse, Bradley, because it's going to come back and bite you in the butt. Okay, Brad Raffensperger is also on record saying that he had to support Jay Lin because he owed the Chinese community for his previous elections and fundraising. Bradley, why on earth do you owe the Chinese community for your election and fundraising, Bradley? Hmm? This is a very good question, Bradley. You might have to answer that soon. Um, okay, so, uh, Brad, uh, um, uh, so, so anyway, so um, that is some interesting information. Now, apparently... Brad Raffensperger was also uh, involved with a man by the name of Yale Zhao. Um, and Yale Zhao was uh, Jay Lin's campaign manager. Okay. Now, I don't have a photo of Yale Zhao here, but Yale Zhao is said to be called old money on Chinese social sites. That's the nickname they give him. So it's kind of interesting now how we're seeing. Uh, the Chinese are also involved with Brad, also involved with state elections, also involved with local elections in the state of Georgia. Bradley, you got some answering to do. Okay, let's move on to this guy. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Who is that fuddy-duddy? Who's this man? This is, um, <laughs> this is uh, Gabe Sterling. Uh, Gabe Sterling over there in Georgia. He is the CFO, I think, of the Secretary of State, if I'm not mistaken. He's the guy that would, yeah, Secretary of State, CFO. He's the guy that would come out every time, uh, or the COO, I apologize. He's the guy that would come out every time during the election, um, uh, 2020 election, that would give us updates, remember? When they're like, oh, yeah, the uh, State Farm Arena is underwater because of a toilet main busting. That's the guy that you saw. This guy that looks like Francis from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. You don't think he looks like Francis? <laughs> Francis. Okay, so Gabe Sterling is also involved with this Landmark Communications Incorporated. Um, okay, so Gabe Sterling, 
in addition to individuals uh, that we see, okay, so um, he is also, uh, where does it say? Oh, okay, so here about Gabe Sterling. Gabe Sterling has endorsed the um, executive, uh, endorsed the CEO of Landmark Communications, okay? So he supports him. He endorses, and that guy's name was Mark Roundtree, right? The, the CEO of Landmark that's running this whole botched business. Um, um, and he supports his work with political campaigns. Okay, now Gabe Sterling was also the vice president of Landmark Communications. Now, this is the, uh, the, the den of snakes of, of Brad Raffensperger. Brad Raffensperger being the head hydra here. You have a COO, Gabe Sterling, also with Landmark Communications, right? Also serving as the vice president of Landmark Communications. Okay, so this is all, it's like this is all a mix. Now, this is the beautiful thing about this, ladies and gentlemen, is at least now we can see, we can identify, we. Okay. Okay, I'm just popping in and out. Uh, we have an idea that these things exist. Now, this is not imagination. This is not a figment of our creation in our minds. These things have happened. And we're laying it out plain and clearly for all of you guys here. So you know, maybe in your home state, do you have a crooked agency like this that's putting up Democrats as Republicans and conservatives, that's placing progressives in the place of a constitutional seat that belongs to the will of the people, right? So Gabe Sterling, this is another one, another one that's working there. And again, he's the guy that you would always see coming out, giving us updates during the elections, right? Now, here's the next one. This is Jordan Fuchs. And I'm going to pronounce it Fuchs because this is a family program, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so who's Jordan Fuchs? Jordan Fuchs is another member of Brad Raffensperger's Den of Snakes, Secretary of Snakes, right? Jordan Fuchs is the Deputy Secretary of Snakes over there in Georgia, now, this is the viper that leaked the phone call between President Trump and Brad Raffensperger and his lawyer to was the Washington Post, where they then chopped and screwed his uh, his interview. So this way it sounded like he was trying to pressure him and coerce him under duress to call off the count and the election and all this stuff. This is the one that did that. All right. Also associated with Landmark Communications Incorporated. Mm, pretty interesting, huh, ladies and gentlemen? I would say so. Again, like I said, she leaked the call. She is also a former vice president of Landmark Communications Incorporated. And Fuchs also lied about the phone call to the press. That was her. And then she deleted the original audio file, but we played the audio file here on the C-Report, guys, if you remember. Uh, it was there for everyone to hear. So again, this is another, a fake Republican, a Democrat in conservative clothing, in Republican clothing, a rhino in name only, I guess you could say. But again, here we have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Team Raffensperger. Team Raffensperger are all snakes who are probably Democrats posing as Republicans. It's a little bit deeper than rhino in, in rhino in name only. You know what I mean? Because I mean rhino Republican name only because the rhinos, of course, obviously, you know, they're fake and they're they have family lines that are going back to being Republican. But here you have willful Democrats who knowingly are posing as 
um, who are posing as Republicans. And it is another layer of deceit and fraud that we need to examine in our own backyard, in our own local legislature. And I tell you guys, it's going to be an interesting road going up to 2022. I tell you guys, it's going to be interesting, especially because you guys are being armed with all of this knowledge and all of this is this is your this is like your ammunition, guys. You know what to look for. You know what kind of games they play. You know how deep of a scoundrel they will be. That's what it's all about. And it's going to be interesting, guys. I'm looking forward to seeing great things from this community and beyond in regards to local elections. And I hope you will share your stories with us here at the Sea Report. Like if you like uh, just V's always talking to us about how she's going out to the re, uh, the, uh, the Newsome recalls and also to to save the children from having to wear masks. I love to hear those stories, guys. If you guys got any stories, if you're getting involved in your local precinct, if you're taking it to them, let us know because we want to share your victories here on the Sea Report. Okay, now we're going to put the main snake in chief up on the screen. God, you look so sad, Mr. Brad Raffensperger. You look so depressed and scared. I wonder why. It's because we keep reaming you here at the Sea Report. And, you know, we're small potatoes here. But at least we're getting the dialogue out there about how corrupt this man is. It's like his portfolio has expanded quite a bunch since we started reporting on Brad Raffensperger. I think he's probably got the largest file so far as far as our reports go. If I were to pull out all the reports we've done on Bradley here, dang, his is one of the largest. I mean, I'm not picking on the guy uh, intentionally. He's just an obvious and he's an easy target as well. Cause he's, he's so bad at what he's done. Like he's gotten like, he's, he's, he's just terrible. Like he, he's a failure <laughs> anyways. Okay. So let's talk about Bradley. Uh, Bradley was also, he was represented by Landmark Communications Incorporated. They represented him, right, with this terrible, this terrible uh, pattern of, of uh, endorsements that they have. Bradley is another one. Okay, so... Um, <clears throat> Uh, we had we had some interesting information uh, aside from him being endorsed by Landmark Communications. Uh, there was an opponent for Brad Raffensperger by the name of David Bell Isle. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of him, uh, but um, he has uh, he has given some information about Democrat contributions coming to Brad Raffensperger. Because don't forget. Just like with Nazira Adawood, like she was all the Democrats were like, hey, hey, come over here. Hey, hey, like, you know, and then turn into a Republican. So this way they don't know that you're actually a Democrat. Well, Brad apparently was receiving a, a lot of contra, uh, cam campaign contributions from Democrats and far left organizations. In fact, um, according to David Bell Isle, about 20% of Raffensperg's donations came from out-of-state Democrats, out-of-state Democrats. Now, he did a FOIA, and he uh, requested for a lot of information from Brad Raffensperger, and this was some of it that came back. 24% of Brad's donations came from out-of-state Democrats, 72% of the, the out-of-state Democrats that donated to Brad Raffensperger's um, campaign also donated to extreme liberal candidates and causes. Um, Brad's contributions from Dems donors can, uh, um, totaled $52,528. Far-left donors also gave to Joe Biden, 
John Ossoff, Raphael Warnock, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and the Lincoln Project. Okay, these Democrat far-left donors donated even to the Lincoln Project. And I wouldn't doubt that uh, uh, one of those donors was Color of Change. We talked about them yesterday on the Sea Report. Remember, guys, the George Soros Open Societies funded uh, uh, nonprofit Color of Change, Voting While Black. Remember, we showed you Brad Raffensperger was endorsed by them. I would not doubt that some of that money is what we're talking about in this regards. So again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say it one last time. I don't see any reason why we even need an election audit in the state of Georgia. Okay, we should audit it just to show them. But they've already showed us so much. So much is already in litigation. Like so much fraud, so much proof has already come out. I say just decertify the mother. And let's get that over with. Because dang, Brad, you did a dirty job over there in Georgia and you sucked at it too. All right, guys, we're going to St. Louis. <laughs> we're going to St. Louis. And thanks for hanging out with um, with us here at the Sea Report. Uh, it looks like we're going into another long night, guys. We got a few more stories to go. And then I just I got caught up in that one. Uh, but we'll move through this one pretty quickly. We only got about, I don't know, I'd say maybe two more stories. And then we'll be finished with tonight. Um, but let's hang on in there, guys, because we're almost done. I hope you're enjoying it. I think you guys are enjoying yourself. You guys seem to be having a good time over there. I, you, the chat's moving. I'm glad you guys are hanging out. Deplora Laura, hope you're doing over there in Twitch as well. Um, let's see here. Uh, okay, so we're going to St. Louis uh, because apparently now this story uh, from the time that I compiled it to today, it has evolved in many ways. Now, we'll start here. Um, a St. Louis County, uh, we're going, oh, now we're going to COVID guys. St. Louis County mandated masks to return. Now St. Louis County, actually, it's a pretty big County by, you know, as counties go in the state of Missouri has a lot of different townships and, and municipalities, including of course, St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. So they had released a, they had done a press release indicating that uh, masks would again be mandatory in their locale, right? Now, this is St. Louis County. Let me go ahead and ex uh, expand that for you. So again, like I said, there's several, several uh, municipalities, townships in this county. Um, here you're looking at uh, St. Louis is right over here. St. Louis is right over here. Now, we'll want to keep an eye on Eureka and Chesterfield, and uh, I think Bridgeton was the other one. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, glad to hear it, De uh, Deplora Laura. Uh, but okay, so in this regard, uh, St. Louis County, um, Missouri had mandated uh, masks to return. Like this is this was their drop on that. St. Louis City and County to require masks to limit spread of COVID. Um, as COVID-19 hospitalizations rise and the Delta variant, blah, 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 um, masks uh, will be required to be worn indoor public places and on public transportation beginning Monday. The new rule, now that was supposed to be Monday the 26th, so two days ago. This was going to be required two days ago in St. Louis, Missouri. The new rule will require every age five and over, including those who are vaccinated to wear a mask. Wearing masks outdoors, especially in group settings, will be strongly encouraged. 
Mayor Tishara O. Jones and County Executive Dr. Sam Page will hold a media briefing at 9.30 a.m. Monday at St. Louis City Town Hall to take questions about this needed step to limit the spread of COVID-19. Okay, so, and it goes on, da 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 All right, let me go ahead and shrink this down for you guys. Da 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 Let's bring up St. Louis again, and here we go. Right? Oh, we'll put that right here. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So, uh, so that's what's going on there now. Okay. So we're like, Oh, so we're seeing this happening across the board. Now, again, they're trying to put the fear back into us. They're trying to make us scared again. Uh, you know, they're trying to, uh, they're trying to control us again, you know, now, uh, this was already going to be fought like, uh, the attorney general of Missouri, um, a man by the name of Eric Schmidt, Eric Schmidt was has already filed at, as of this time a lawsuit against the city of St. Louis over its masking mandate again that went into effect two days ago. Um, now um, it says here last week St. Louis officials said people age okay we already we already covered that um, but after the announcement Schmidt a Republican running for Senate wrote on Twitter that he's planning to file a lawsuit. Now that's against this woman. Now, remember guys, we saw yesterday that George Soros is also going after the mayors and I'm sure he's been doing it for a long time. Look at this clown. Okay. Tashara Jones. She is the mayor of St. Louis, Missouri. And you know, guys, I never really thought about it, but after seeing that photo of St. Louis and the arches, I think I would really like to visit St. Louis. But um, if uh, Mayor Tashara Jones, this, uh, I don't know, this clown here, you know, is going to hold St. Louis under this mask mandate, maybe I should just go over there and I should just not wear my mask because after all, I ain't going to do it. So that would be fun. Maybe I should do that. That, that would be fun. I'm going to go see St. Louis. <laughs> and I'm going to go do some civil disobedience over there. Okay. So, okay. So it says, um, Okay, so uh, the St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones, she's the one who's putting St. Louis, the city, now the county was mandated to have masks in toto, but the city, she's the one who wanted, she said, our top priority is protecting the health, safety, and well-being of the people of St. Louis City and county. Um, nobody is surprised that the Attorney General plans to file yet another frivolous lawsuit, right, because her mandates are based on science, right, so I guess his lawsuit's frivolous, right, um, uh, to serve his own political ambitions. And that's what it always, always boils down to. Um, it says here that St. Louis counts, uh, count, County Councilman Tom Fitch and Mark Harder also opposed the mask mandate. So it wasn't just the AG of the state. You also had councilmen of the county who were not in alignment with this decision by, uh, by this, uh, this Tashara Jones person here. Um, other than St. Louis, Los Angeles recently reimposed a mask mandate for unvaccinated and vaccinated individuals. Of course, we have uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and also New York City's doing the same thing. But guess what, guys? In St. Louis County, the mask mandate was overturned. Ah! <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's like it happened uh, Monday. It was mandatory. Now, all of a sudden on Wednesday, done. Like, But the only thing is, guys, the city of St. Louis, because of city ordinances and that clown, Tashara Jones, the city of St. Louis still has to have masks. The new mask mandate 
for vaccinated and unvaccinated indoors and out is still being enforced in the city of St. Louis. However, the county of St. Louis, it's been overturned. Okay. So the, so that's good news, right? Uh, city of St. Louis is on lockdown. The county of St. Louis is not. A mask mandate in Missouri, uh, St. Louis's county has been overturned just one day after it went into effect. A city council meeting voted, uh, a county council meeting voted five to two on Tuesday evening to repeal the mandate that would have required masks to be worn indoor public settings regardless of vaccination status. Before the vote took place, several council members voiced opposition to the requirement saying that it violates a recently passed state law that requires a governing body such as a county council to provide input. The mask mandate is still in effect in St. Louis City. So there you have it. Now, it was Chesterfield, Wild Root, and Eureka. Those municipalities that I showed you on the St. Louis County map, they had already said prior to this mandate that they were not going to use law enforcement to enforce the mandate. So thank goodness for, you know, uh, for individuals who have that will to power. Um, but here's another thing from St. Louis. We got this yo, you, we got this Yahoo here. <laughs> now this is the governor of Missouri, and this guy looks scary in the background. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, the governor of Missouri uh, has decided to waste more taxpayer money because we see that this happens quite often uh, with these different states. Uh, the governor of Missouri is launching a Mo VIP lottery program. Uh, a program that pays people to get vaccinated. Like, I don't understand how taxpayers can sit down and allow their states, nay, their government to waste money. I mean, why do you need... Okay, we've already heard this. We already heard this song and dance. Why do you need to uh, uh, promise money? or gifts to people if something is good for you. I mean, obviously, no, this is like almost old news, but it's happening in Missouri now. So that's why we're sharing it with you guys in case you're in Missouri and you didn't know. Uh, the campaign encourages unvaccinated Missourians 12 years and older to get the uh, COVID shot. They will have a total of 900 winners. Um, and those will be drawn from those who are already vaccinated as part of the incentive program. Uh, this, uh, this idiot Parson says this new program will complement our existing efforts to educate Missourians about the importance of getting the vaccine. Our current COVID-19 situation is serious. This Delta variant transmits faster than what we have previously seen. Blah, blah, blah. The only reason why it transmits because everyone who's vaccinated is more infected. They, they are more transmissible. They have more. I mean, it's it's because the people are vaccinated. They're making spike proteins. They're getting COVID again. They're the ones who created this Delta variant. None of these variants existed prior to the vaccines rolling out. And that was already almost a year in, into it, six months to a year into it. You'd think if there were going to be variants, it would have happened with the unvaccinated, right? And everything else that's going on out there. Anyways, uh, $10,000 is a top reward for, you know, selling your soul and, uh, you know, endangering your body to an experimental gene therapy session or to an experimental uh, vaccine shot. $10,000 is, is your life worth $10,000? I guess to some it is. Actually, so, to some people's life isn't even worth that. Some people's life is worth guacha because they went ahead and took the vaccine out of fear. 
Interesting, huh? In addition, local healthcare providers administering the vaccine are now eligible to offer a financial incentive for everyone who gets the shot. Yep, yep, yep. That's what's going on, guys. But I think the question on the top of other people's minds is, who's this foo? This is Rochelle Walensky. She is what? She's the uh, director of the CDC Centers for Dis uh, Disease Prevention, Con Disease Control and Prevention. Now, I always remember it being called the Center for Disease Control. I don't know where this prevention came from, but apparently it's there now. Maybe that was a different timeline. I'm not sure. But anyways, talking about the vaccines and its mandatoriness, now the question has come up again, about the vaccine passports. You know, we've we've railed against the vaccine passports for as long as the C report has existed. You guys have railed against the passports. In fact, that was the number one bullet in the chamber when it came to these vaccines where we were like, no, because then there's going to be passports, you know, uh, never mind the, the, the uh, Nuremberg uh, implications of this entire operation. Uh, but, you know, fortunately, places like Texas and I, I believe Florida also uh, have, and I think even Wyoming uh, have made vaccine passports illegal, like they cannot happen. You, they will not be able to implement them. But now you have the director of the Center for Disease uh, Control and Prevention coming out saying that they believe that that's the only way that America can move forward. Now, you remember that CNN idiot, uh, I can't remember her, Dr. Wong. No, just kidding. I don't know if her name is Dr. Wong. But she's the one that's like, we need to make sure that we get everybody vaccinated. We need to to make it hard for people who are not vaccinated. You remember her, you know who I'm talking about. Okay, so we have that on the front. Like this has been their goal to begin with. And you know, that just kind of does speak to the entire thought that there's something else going on here other than just, you know, depopulation, okay? Um, this is because winter is coming, of course. So they're gonna push the masks again. They're going to push harassing the unvaccinated and they're going to uh, and and basically, you know, um, uh, penalizing them. Right. Punishing them, the unvaccinated. And then also these vaccine passports, they're going to push that. So this way, once we get into fall and winter and everything's going crazy, they can really clamp down with an iron fist in regards to that. This is all what's coming. That's why I'm asking you guys, regardless of what the state of law or regulation or recommendation is in your location, do not wear the masks. Don't wear them. People need to see that we can live normally without them. People need to see that there are others out there who feel and think the same way that they do. Be the light for those who don't burn as bright as you do. Don't wear the masks, okay? We already know it's a sham. We already know what we can take if we catch it. We already know your ivermectin, your hydroxychloroquine. You guys already know these things. If you know these things to be true in your heart, regardless if it is a law or a regulation or a recommendation in your location, I don't care if I get in trouble here for saying this at the C report. Don't wear your masks. Okay, don't wear them. Just don't do it. Like, that's all I could say. We know what's true in our heart. We know what we have seen. We've seen the reports. We've seen the studies. We've heard the interviews. We know the baloney science that these guys are pushing. So why? Why, just because it's law in our location, would we follow the mandates for masks? Okay, 
why would we do it when we already know it's false, when we already know it's fake, when we already know that it is just going to lead to more tyranny in our location? Why? Why, I ask you? Okay, anyways, let me get off of that. Okay, anyways, okay, so again, this Walensky character says that uh, having a passport for your vaccines is the only path forward. That's the only way that they're going to do it. And again, again, they're, they're just recommending this, but we've already seen the pushback that has come around the world because they implemented this in Europe. They implemented this in Australia and they're trying to do it everywhere else. And thousands of people gathered in the streets to say no to the vaccine passport. They've said no to the lockdowns. They've said no to the masks. I've seen this many people at a President Trump rally, but I have not seen this many Americans coming out maskless to say no to the masks and to say no to the vaccines and to say no to the passports. And now that's the angle I'm going to go with. I want to see every Trump supporter who showed up in Arizona coming out into the streets and saying no to the passports and the masks and the vaccines. Like, come on, if you can do it for President Trump, you can do it to stave off the fakeness. And this is this would be what a super spreader event, right? This would be a super spreader event. So let's talk a little bit about Europe before we wrap up tonight's show. Let's see, you guys have probably seen this already, but we haven't covered it on the C report. So we're going to do that now. I'm going to show you guys a few videos of the events taking place around the world. Now, this is about a week ago now, if not a few days shy of that, where we have people coming out. Oh, oh yeah, I thought it was going to play. And then, of course, for those of you on the podcast side, we were just looking at some of the crowds over. This was France and also United Kingdom in this video. And yes, guys, I see some of the comments about it not being a law. You guys, I'm very well aware it's not a law, but we still have. I've seen people in the chats and I've also heard people on the streets who say it's the law. Yes, we know it's not a law. They have no way of um, of making it this. Of course, it's just a CDC recommendation. Uh, but again, that is something that we are seeing all around. I'll play one more quick video uh, just for some coverage. Again, to, to those of you who are on the uh, uh, podcast side, uh, we're just playing videos of um, people. 
hundreds and thousands of people coming out to protest the vaccine passports. Uh, this one is from Australia. If you want to eat healthy. Oh, come on. <laughs> Just ruin that podcast for me. Why don't you? Okay. All right. It's okay. It's a short, uh, at least we get to skip this ad. Okay. All right. Here we go, guys. Let's go ahead and get rolling with it. We want freedom! We want freedom! Can I say how absolutely disgusted I was? It broke my heart. Millions and millions of people across our state are doing the right thing. And it just broke my heart that people had such a disregard for their fellow citizens. Massive anti-lockdown protests stoking fears of another surge in infections in an Australian state already struggling to contain an outbreak of the Delta variant. Thousands of people, mostly maskless, gathered in Sydney this weekend in defiance of coronavirus measures that have put much of the country back in lockdown. The Sydney region, living under tight restrictions for four weeks now, faces the threat of an even longer lockdown after the protests, says the country's Prime Minister. Millions of Sydney siders, this stayed home. They're the ones who are bringing an end to the lockdown sooner, not those who are putting themselves at risk. To engage in that was reckless and it was selfish. At least 57 people were arrested after crowds broke through barriers and clashed with police. The scenes in Sydney also played out across Europe where many see restrictions to boost vaccine uptake as an attack on personal freedoms. Demonstrators on the streets of London shouted as the British government contemplates requiring vaccine passports to enter nightclubs and similar venues by the end of September. Greek police deployed tear gas and water cannon against protesters in Athens. Marching against mandatory vaccinations for some workers. And in several French cities, hundreds of thousands protested the government's health pass, showing you've been vaccinated or recently tested negative for certain social activities like indoor dining or even going for a coffee with friends. Everyone who took part in the protests in Sydney is now being urged to get tested and quarantined. It would only take three or four people that were there yesterday for the yesterday's event to be known as a super spreader. Uh, so you did the wrong thing yesterday. The state of New South Wales reported 141 new cases on Sunday. That's the second most this year and two more deaths, including a woman in her 30s with no pre-existing conditions. Now, the government has been blamed for a slow vaccine rollout. According to Johns Hopkins University, fewer than 13 percent is fully vaccinated. Karen Seolin, City News. Okay, and there goes that report. All right, ladies. So, yeah, it's going out everywhere, but people are standing up, of course, to this because we're not going to have a passport, guys. That's a big no-no. <laughs> a very big no-no. All right, guys. So that wraps up. That was just a small touch of the international news. No, just kidding. I'm going to be working on that, guys. I'll be working on international headlines for you all just so we can see what's going on around the world because I'm most interested in what's going on around the world as well. 
Uh, but it's America first here at the Sea Report, so that's why that's where we got you covered. Um, but anyways, thank you all for showing up and tuning in uh, to the Sea Report. I hope you guys had a great show with me tonight. I know I had fun. Um, and also, uh, thank you all of those who sent over gold pill donations. Much appreciated. Uh, all of your support means a lot. Um, I will give you guys a rundown on those who top stopped in. For those of you who came in that I didn't get to say hello to, like Desert Fire, Just Jules, you guys, thank you so much. We'll be back again tomorrow. Now, don't forget, on Friday, I will be doing a 3 p.m. Central show. That's 3 p.m. Texas, 1 p.m. California, and 2 p.m. Uh, <laughs> 4 p.m. Uh, East Coast Trump time. So uh, don't forget, guys, just in case. I hope I don't mess up y'all's daily schedule by coming in, in a few hours earlier. And then we'll also have the C report at midnight. I mean, the C report. We'll also have Mr. C in the dark at midnight on Friday. So uh, you guys can hang out. I'll have the Speak Uneasy on with me on Friday for sure. Um, so I'm looking forward to our conversations. Always have a good time with Mr. Speak over at the Speak Uneasy. And also, don't forget to check out the C uh, report um, podcast. We're up to date on that. All 128 episodes are located there. Don't forget, we got some gems from the past, as I outlined at the beginning of this program. Uh, you know, uh, Truman National Project, interviews with city council uh, people for candidates for city council in San Antonio, uh, MRNA explained, all that good stuff over at the Sea Reports, anchor.fm slash the Sea Report, or just look for the Sea Report on your favorite podcast platform, and I'm probably there. Follow or subscribe, it's always free, and every time you listen, a little bit of revenue comes into the Sea Report um, um, a household, I guess you could say. All right, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go and let you go. I have released... The uh, uh, scratch off for you guys. Let me go ahead and scratch my scratch off too before we go. Woohoo! I'm a rich man. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a great evening. We'll see you again tomorrow at 7:30 p.m. Um, I'll be here or I'll be square. <laughs> but otherwise, I look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Love you all, and take care.